please hit like, share, and subscribe. Now enjoy the Practical Guitarist Podcast. <laughs> you've got a, you've got one hell of a rhythm section. I'll just say that. I'll oh, just thank say, you, man. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, they're, and they're 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 relatively new. They're relatively new. I mean, the bass player's only been playing with me for a couple of months. Really? Months. Yeah. Yeah, because I knew you had a different bass player before. Yeah, he just you know he had a COVID things, so he's high risk, and he was like, man, I'm, you know, I'm out, and uh, now this guy came in, and I, I'm you know, he's killing it, man. He's kid. This kid is killing it. You gotta he's love hungry. That. He's hungry. That, that guy, I mean, well, we'll talk because I want to talk about when when you go off to do your thing and you're not playing like chords and you're you're doing the um the melody parts versus the harmony parts and I just it's just incredible. Just what those well, guys do to you. fill it in is just they know what they're doing. That's all I can say. Thank you. We've done thank it before. You. All right, so um uh I guess I'll open this one, David. Yeah, fine so, by me. Uh, I I uh, discovered Anthony. Uh, no, <laughs> yes, yeah. Somehow he was I hiding under a rock moved. before I. Could... <laughs> yeah, I've been hiding ever. The only, the only guy that knew him was, everything. The only guy that knew him around here was like Bob Seger and stuff. But uh, so Anthony, um, we uh, uh, this is Anthony Rosano, everybody. And uh, Anthony, I'm sorry, I'm looking. This is my computer. That's why I look down or I look over. Yeah, it's yeah, it's computer. weird. I'm looking at. Yeah. yeah. My phone, my um, my heroes, right, or my uh, co-press right in front of me. But anyway, so Anthony, um, it, please tell us a little bit about yourself um, and how you came to be um, not just Anthony Rosano. I mean, that was your mom and dad, right? But because yeah. um, <laughs> you're from you're from Long Island, right? I'm from Long Island originally. Yeah, I live in Hampton Roads now. I moved down here in 1996. Um, I had, at the time, I had given up sort of playing music. I played music for a while up in New York, you know, tri-state area, Jersey, Connecticut kind of thing. Had a couple brushes with, um, I don't want to say success, but, you know, some some, some cool things were, were, were happening. That band fell apart. Uh, I got engaged. My father-in-law lives was uh, living in Norfolk at the time. He's originally from Queens. My, my wife's family's from Queens, but he lived down here. Came down here to meet him, you know, asked for his daughter's hand. Uh, got married, and at the time I was paying twelve hundred dollars a month for like a two bedroom apartment, you know, up in up in New York, and uh, could rent a house down here for five hundred bucks. That was about two two three hundred square foot bigger than my apartment. So we said, you know what, let's do it. Let's just move down. We moved down to Virginia, and um, been down here ever since. You know, so I I started playing again uh, probably about two thousand and five-ish i started playing you know sort of playing doing doing a few gigs with some pickup cover band gigs and that sort of thing and then you know how it goes as guitar players it starts out with like i'm just gonna do this thing as you know and then i was right back in it man i just you know by 2012 no day gig i said i'm just gonna play music full time and been doing it ever since and so you you are a full-time musician right yes full-time absolutely absolutely well, I would say I would say uh, uh, not quite full time because of 
because of COVID right now. But yeah. BC, BC, before COVID, I was definitely yeah. a full-time musician. <laughs> now you're just doing a lot of marketing, right? I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, you know, and, and you know, you, you got to be a, you know, you got to be a TV producer and, you know, record your own stuff, promote your own stuff. And I'm not complaining by any means, but um, no, it's just, you know, the gig, the gigs are starting to come back now, which is good. I've got a pretty, you know, the spring is pretty full. Uh, summer's looking pretty full. Everything that, that I've been doing personally and with me and my band uh, has been, uh, I feel responsible. You know, I encourage everybody to wear masks, um, you yep. know, uh, go get your Fauci ouchie when your number's up. Go get it. You know, let's Thursday. get let's let's get good. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know, so uh, and and you know, the, the the seating's limited. One of the one of the positive things that's come out of all of this is it's really easy to sell out a room now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I noticed that last week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that place was for for COVID. It was packed. I mean, obviously, it was, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, it, we had it, we had a good, we had a good, that was uh, the old beach tavern show. Yeah. It was, a, yep. it was a good, it was a really, really good turnout, man. And and I think we, what did we, we did like three and a half hours. We didn't take a break. We just played. It is, I could not believe you guys didn't take a break. I mean, you, you played all the way through. I, I thought I heard you mention, I'm going to do this song. We're going to take a break, but with the, cause there was a, um, and just to let the audience know, there was a wedding party there. So I was like one of the 12 people or whatever. No, there was a lot more than that. Um, the few people that wasn't part of the wedding party, but let me tell you, they, and they loved you guys. They loved you. Listen, I was so nervous about that. Uh, because when they told me there was a wedding party there, I'm like, okay, um, what's going to happen? Like, I mean, material, material wise that what my band does, is and and somebody actually this is how i'm going to describe the band from now on when i ask them, what do you sound like it's blues based rock mixed with a 70s black light poster that's kind yeah. of what we that's kind of what that's kind of what we are it's kind you know what i mean i mean that's that's it that's the, that's the, 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 the most descriptive thing i can i can and this guy willie gilligan uh came up with that but um Anyway, uh, so yeah, I was worried. I'm like, well, what are they going to do when we start playing like, you know, uh, just cream James Gang kind of vibe stuff, and then go into War Pigs, and <laughs> like, you know, what like what? But they loved it. They loved it. They were actually they like, freaking out when we did War Pigs. I know because you introduced it. You were like, you were like, uh, this is a song. You know, I used to do at weddings and blah blah blah. And you said yeah, yeah. it's a great wedding song, I mean, and you are right at a war great wedding song. If you've ever been to a wedding, you know it brings out the worst in people. <laughs> I loved it. I thought that was hilarious. My, my friend and I, Hayden and I, we were sitting there and we were busting up laughing. I was sitting with the owner over on the side there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, that was pretty good. We we enjoyed that. So, all right, I, I got to ask you this question though: Where does the name Conqueroos come from? Uh, all right. So, Conqueroos, the band name Conqueroos, comes from the actual. Uh, where I lifted it, where I lifted it was from uh, Muddy Waters. There's a lyric in Hoochie Coochie Man um, where he says, I got a black cat bone. I got my John the Conqueroo. And oh. what John the Conqueroo is, is there's a root called John the Conqueror root. And your blues guys would have their mojo hand, their, their, their flannel bag. And so they put their black cat bone, all their talismans and good luck things. One of the things they would put in there was John the Conqueror Root. And over time, they would just stop. You know, it was like John the Conqueror Root, John the Conqueror to I got my Conqueror. 
And what it was used for was uh, two, two, actually two uses. Um, the first one is if you were on trial, you're supposed to take it and grind it into a powder, put that in your, chew it up, put it in your mouth, right? And when you walk in a courtroom, you spit on the courtroom floor and you'll be acquitted of all charges. That was the first, that was one of the first things. Let me know how that goes Other for thing, you. <laughs> what's that? I said, let me know how that goes for you. Spit yeah. on the courtroom. <laughs> well, here's, yeah. here's, the, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. And I've tried this and this does work. The other thing, the main thing it was used for was you grind it into a powder and you put it on your piece of deal and it makes you go all night with the ladies. <laughs> now, see, that, so I was going to ask if it was anything like Mandrake. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah it's, basically. It's, 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 it, a conqueror is actually like voodoo Viagra. That's yeah. What it, that's, that's what it is. So that's where the band name came. All right, all right. So, you know, like Could I say that? I mean, can you can say anything you want on this one. Yeah, we, we do not give two shits what happens. <laughs> we have some listeners who would, but you know, yeah, they, yeah, they, uh, they listen when their kids aren't listening. They've learned Hopefully, that we, we yeah. drop an f bomb and stuff every now and again. And, all right, you know, we try I'm not to get do like it. some mail. Like you know, my kid asked me what a piece of deal. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think that they'll have that problem. I don't think they'll have that. I think that the, the person we're referring to will be able to um, uh, explain that one away. So <laughs> we got to ask the elephant in the room. We got to ask about the elephant in the room because it's right there in your lap. We got to okay. ask the acoustic jazz master because we we did a show. You haven't you haven't been able to. Yep, that's a beauty by the yeah. way. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, we haven't been able to. Uh, I, I was going to play it. Um, I went to Guitar Center and I got a white one. Yep. Um, in stock and i was going to play it try it out see really sit down and see because you were looking at telly right and i really wanted to try to see what they felt like you know side by side but i figured all right let me let this guy give me some guidance on what he's seeing because you have been comparing that for a while you've been looking at telly for a while i've been looking at the, i was looking at the strat and the telly for at least a year okay um, I like the telly when it first came out. Uh, I'm a, I'm a big telly guy. You know, I always have a telly is yeah. one of the cars that I always bring with me. I have, I have a, a pine body fifties style telly that a guy named Michael Reese over at Boulevard guitars in Hampton built for me. Great guitar. Absolutely love that guitar. It was my number one for a really long time. It's, I got, I got three number ones, you know? So, um, uh, that's number one, number one, um, <laughs> But uh, so I like I, mean, I like telly stuff. I liked the telly and I liked the strat. I didn't love the telly, and I didn't love the strat. And there was a, I, I will uh, say what I did not like about them first. They sounded great. They sounded they 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 still I I stand by that. I do think this one because it has a bigger body sounds better. Um, it's it's a little more resonant. It sounds a little more authentic. But I think the telly and the strat do sound really good. Um, I, the main thing I didn't like about them was they look like a weird telly or a weird strat. Okay. So it's, it was uh, sonically and an aesthetic thing. Um, the aesthetic thing to me, it just looked like it was like, what is this? What, that's a weird looking telly. That's a weird looking strat. You know, I think this jazz master, I mean, I, you know, it looks so weird, even though I know it's a jazz master. Most people don't know what a jazz master looks like. So as a gigging musician and being on stage and for what I use it for, it lends it, the whole vibe of it lends itself to the stage thing. 
because it looks strange enough where it's it's not like that's just a weird looking it's it's a weird looking instrument not a weird looking version of an in a, a pre-existing right. instrument right okay um that's one of the things that drew me to this and then sonically like i said when i first plugged this in and again i've been trying these things for like a year i plugged this in i, w I went through the sounds just the first sound the I was sold. I was. I was like, I'm done. This is. This sounds amazing. Um, the uh, the pickup on this guitar is uh, a Shawbucker. So the other ones have a single coil pickup. This one has a humbucker pickup. The humbucker pickup and the electric sounds sounds. And then with the gain on it, I mean, it's not gain channel. It sounds incredible. It's great. I could you could gig with this straight into a PA convincingly. Um, I think the the humbucker on this outshines the the single coils on the other two models, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, so I, I pulled the pulled the trigger on it pretty quick, you know. Um, and I use it for looping. That's what I use. I do use it at my looping gigs. It's the it's it's the best thing for a looping gig, in my opinion. Well, we're, we're gonna talk about that too, because uh, yeah, because we definitely want to talk elephant about in the room. Right here, that, that yeah, I'm he's got it this weekend. <laughs> um, so, um, his looping boards right behind him, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. Um, and it's got some stuff that you've got apparently, so uh, we'll, we'll go into that. But, um, what I wanted to ask so, obviously, like humbucking pickup, how much of it are you using for the electric sounds, like 50% or um, no? I use it mainly as an acoustic thing because I'm doing an acoustic. You know, and it, for, I'm using it at my acoustic shows. I'm using it at my at my looping shows. So I'm I'm using it 90% of the time, uh, probably 80% of the time, as an acoustic guitar. Okay. Uh, for the odd lead or something here or there, I'll switch it over to the humbucker sound and and do the electric thing. Now I haven't used it in a band situation per se. Um, I have a gig coming up actually Friday, April second at um uh elevation 27 with the with my with my trio and uh i'm going to bring this guitar i'm probably gonna there's one song in particular that i'm i'm think i'm gonna use it for if i can get the switching thing figured out um playing this through a guitar amp like a straight up to like through my supra or a high watt or something the acoustic sounds sounds like an acoustic guitar i played through a guitar right, it doesn't right. sound it's the same thing yeah, uh, the electric, the electric sounds that the humbucking pickup, clean when it's on the clean setting, sounds as you would expect, sounds like an electric guitar through an amp. So that sounds good. So I'm gonna do like an A B box thing and set up an acoustic rig, and then have the other side go to my electric rig, so I can use this and switch between an acoustic sound, kick on the A B box and run through my electric rig. That's what I plan on doing. I'm working that out, see if I can, I, I may not even, I may not even do it. I'm just, I haven't tried it. So that's on my to-do list for this week before the show. Well, let me um, know, because if you do, I want to, I want to go out there and hear it. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm definitely going to play it because we're, we're planning on doing an acoustic. I mean, that's how I, the other night we got together and I, I took a couple of my band songs, you know, like the, the rock songs, and we arranged them acoustically to do as an acoustic trio where my bass player played an upright bass. I played this and drummer just did like a kick snare hat thing, like a jazzy, a little more laid back vibe. So we're, we plan on doing that at some point in the show, do a little mini set of acoustic tunes, you know, so, tunes that, are, that people who are familiar with our music, they'll know the, they'll know the songs, but it'll just be a reimagined version of the, of the song, which we try and do any, every gig anyway. Yeah. You know, we... yeah, I can't see you following tab. Um, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we don't even write set lists. We played that three and a half hour set. You know, like no set lists. Jesus. Yeah, I've been there. Not because, not by choice either. Oh, sometimes by <laughs> sometimes by choice. I would say the guys, the guys in my band, the guys in the outfit, it's probably not their first choice either. But yeah. that's just the way I roll. I can't do it. I can't do it. I might as well punch a clock and work at Arby's if I'm going to write set lists and stuff out. Well, we did. So we, we like the last couple of gigs I've because I have. Like for a long time, I wasn't gigging, and then I got back to gigging. When when I was younger and in high school and like going into college, and we were playing all the time, um, we were playing probably two weekends, three weekends a month. Um, right. We would we would play without a set list. We basically knew like some of these songs are going to be at the beginning, and some of these would be at the end. But there was no set right. List. Then I got to be an adult, and I'm playing bars and stuff. There's always a set list. But the band I'm playing with right now. We never stick to it. We, in fact, right. when I when I joined up, they told me I asked them, well, "What's the typical set look like?" We go in alphabetical order. I said, "What?" And they're like, "Well, the book's in alphabetical order, so we just flip through the book." And we've never played like that. That's never right, actually right. happened, but that's what I was told. So, um, that's pretty funny. Yeah, you know, people start drinking, and then things just you know they go by yeah. the wayside. <laughs> we do weird stuff. Like the other night, we were like, we we said. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do the set list and try and move in fifths. So if the if the first song is in, ends in G, then the next song is going to be D. D yep. next, you know what I mean? So we'll do Too we'll do simple. weird stuff like that. Yeah, or just you know, and try. I, I mean, I definitely always you know I'm playing when we're playing. I'm thinking, okay, what's the vibe of the crowd like? That's you know, I look at, yeah. and then. Right when we when we end this song, we're gonna end on this, and what's gonna sound? What's gonna be like? Uh, how the young kids would say, "What's gonna make the beat drop?" You know what I mean? Like, what are we gonna do after that to go to go into the next thing? And either I either always want to bring it up a notch or bring it way down. Right, it's all about you know what I mean. Right. Like, do something like really, really contrast. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that's pretty much the way we do. We just kind of flop out and see what happens. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's the best way to do it, I think. <clears throat> I mean, when you start to get where it, it looks scripted, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you're Kiss, no. scripted, it works, right? And, and uh, you know, and if you've got a big stage, like, say, Shania Twain, I know the guy that plays for Shania Twain, <clears throat> um, you, can't, you can't do your own thing. I mean, there's just no room for it, really. Right. So it, it's kind of like that. But when you're a trio on a stage and it was that that's a nice stage. I got to give them credit for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, that, uh, you can't have that, like, you know, I'm going to fit you into the box between the chicklets and the racers type thing. Right. You know? Um, I like that. So before we leave the acoustic sonic, I got to ask you 
four points I want to talk about because there were okay. there was one point that you you would mention to me you were like it's the only thing that was a downside to you right at that point. <clears throat> so first of all, price. How do you feel about the price of it? And and you can it's okay you bought it so obviously I you're it, okay. Yeah, so I- so yeah. I can speak with candor. Yeah, I can, you know, um, you know, maybe if I talk nice, Fender will send me a, a, a black one. But yeah. I don't. <laughs> <Good luck>. uh, <laughs> so one of the things I and I don't know if it's something they could do. It's it's got to you know, you have to charge it USB. I have it actually plugged in now. Um, less about I, I so far, knock on wood, I've done two acoustic gigs with it. Um, and both of them were three hour gigs where I played. I played for three hours. And didn't have an issue where I had to plug it in. I have heard people say that when the battery dies, it just dies. There's no warning. There's a little light on here. I don't know. You might yeah, be but able you have to see. look at the jack to see it. You know. Yeah, yeah like you're gonna, like you're looking at the bottom of your guitar yeah, all the time to make know, sure it's charged up. Yeah. So it would have been kind of cool if there was a way, like maybe they could have yeah. put that where you could see it. Yeah. Um, like by the strap. The other maybe. thing is, <laughs> like on this particular. Some of my favorite settings, you know, you have the, the five-way switch, and then you have the blend control, okay? So blend control turned down, like your tone control down, is A, up is B, okay? Um, this is the, the dreadnought, which I love the sound. Then if I want to go to acoustic and have the, the, I mean, go to electric and have it dirty, I have to go to one and turn this up then if i want to go back i have to go here and turn this down which i'm getting used to at the gigs but what would be nice is if i i wouldn't even have to assign like you could keep the a and b positions of this but let me choose which is a and which is b you right, know what i mean yeah, right so that way i can leave it here and just flip back and forth between my favorites so that would that would have been cool. I don't know if that's something they could do software update, um, or or what. Um, so, you know, it's a little bit of a learning curve as far as that goes. If you have favorite things that you want to get to, just getting to them quick, the f- facilitating that is a little tricky, in my opinion. Um, I do find myself. I, I before I got, I picked this up, I picked up one of the uh, the Fender um, Smolder pedals. The acoustic overdrive pedals. Okay. Yeah. Which is a great it's a it's a great overdrive too. So I I left that on within my acoustic rig. So if I'm doing this and I'm not getting into a part, I just want to do something with a flavor. Yeah. I could step on that. And have that a little bit of a of a of a drive sort of sound in there that i could get to which i mean this is a gear podcast so we're gear junkies anyway i kind (laughs) of like having to pedal on the floor too because then i'm like well it's another flavor i have i actually have you know how many how many acoustic guitars have three flavors of overdrive you know yeah exactly none so (laughs) yeah yeah so it's you know it's it's kind of worked out in that aspect but um but yeah i just wish there was a way you could you could set like favorites like all my eight like pick what's in a and what's in b and then put my second put all my favorites in A and my secondaries on B. That right. would be nice. Um, yep. That would be a nice, nice feature. I don't even. I love all the sounds in it. I don't yeah. want to change them, but there's just a couple of go tos, and I want to be able to get to them quicker. That, 
You know, yeah, that's that is something that maybe uh, uh, Fender should look at. I've I've um, first time anybody's brought it up, but certainly something that I thought about when I looked at it. I was like, yeah. okay, I got, I got five settings, right? Well, actually ten because you've got, ten, you got ten, every yeah. one of them. <clears throat> so if I've got ten settings, I don't know which one's which, and I got to remember, okay, I I like this three B, one A. Right. To, you know, and, and yeah, it would be nice to just go, okay, my five, because it's highly unlikely you're going to have more than three uh, favorite settings that you're going right. to use. I in used it. to, I've had, and that's right on. I've, that's pretty much, I have three. I like now the, in the, in the, A, in the, in the front position, the, the, the A, the, I mean, the B version is supposed to be like a J45 yep. on this. So you have like basically like, I think it's like a D28. Right. And then a J45. Which to me is a little dobro, the J forty five one. It's it's got a little bit. It's got that. Has to do how that was mic'd up. Yeah, so it's, so it's yep. It's got a it's got a good honky thing to it. I like yeah. that sound too. Just don't use it all the time. So that's right. in a convenient place for me. It's really yeah. the drive thing. If I could get the drive and then the the. Um, you know, this is my drums. Um, That's cool that they added that. Now, was that in the Telecaster? Yep. It's in the it Tele was. and it's in the Strat. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if I could have like those, that, the overdrive and, the, and my drum th and the, the, the D28 kind of thing on A, I'm done. I'm, I'm perfect. I can, And the other ones I know I don't use as much, so I could switch however to them. It's not, a, you know what I mean? Um, but that'd be my, that'd be really my only two criticisms is, is switching, switching, being able to pick your favorites and then having a way to see, you know, if there was just a little light in the sound hole or something. Right. Yeah. For, yeah. For, yeah I'm, I'm surprised at that because I saw, I can't remember where I was watching. It was Anderton's or somebody where they were talking about, oh, there's a light. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But they didn't mention where the light was. And that's the that's the thing that right. they always do at these you know these um, these YouTubers who are shills uh, who <laughs> who 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 absolutely refuse to call themselves what they are. But um, right, uh, you know these YouTubers that go out there and they're like, oh, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. This it, it it's been every one of them. You know the Acoustasonic uh, Telecaster is fantastic. No, the Stratocaster is so much better. But I got to be honest with you. Now, of course, when they, uh, of course, they all say, "Oh, the Jazzmaster is the best." The best, Jazzmaster, and and I listen, I listen to them with a, you know, with the salt, uh, grain of salt, because that, they're trying to sell me one, right? Right. And that's that's the end goal, right? Is to for somebody to say, "Yeah, well, you yeah, pick one up," because. I mean, so I you were the first person that guitars, said, if "Yeah, they're giving those guys guitars." Then you know, uh, you would you would have to take that with a grain of salt. I mean, do. I don't know. I could I could say you know for myself. I've had um, companies I, that will remain nameless, but I had I had a company give me a bunch of guitars, and uh, you know I told them I said yeah they're I mean they're good guitars and I wanted to help them out. Um, they weren't you know wouldn't be my go to thing, but um, it just was it ended up not being a good. I gave, just gave them their, their stuff back. I could have kept the free guitars, but I was like, look, I mean you know I'm not they're not going to be. You know my number ones, and yeah. and you know if you know it's 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 not a it's not a thing. So I'm not I'm not I would I would hope that most people are that way. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, 
you know, I don't know. Um, I was now, gonna do a follow up video to mine because you know, I, I, I didn't I didn't go over any of those negatives in my video on my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't really aware of them because I hadn't gigged the guitar yet. So I plan on doing a follow-up video of like, okay, here's, you know, this is what I found at the gig. You know, I've, I've done a couple, I took my GoPro and, and videotaped a couple of videotapes, video, like I'm in 1985. I, I recorded, <laughs> I recorded, I recorded a couple of gigs and uh, with the GoPro so I could get some live, you could hear what it sounds like in a live context and stuff too. But, um, and then I, I wanted to do like a follow-up real world post-review review, you know? Yeah, because that's uh, one of the things that a lot of the YouTube reviewers lack is they don't they don't necessarily put them through their paces in a live setting, and they right. write, and they rarely comment on. Like I've heard a lot of guys say things like, "Oh, this is a great couch guitar." With regards yeah. To so right, that's I don't like, see it. The real world thing is a huge boon for me because when I'm buying something, the last thing I want to hear about is what you're doing. You're living, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't give two shits. I mean, so that's my there's my hummingbird right right there. And, yeah. And, and that's really my, when I just want to play, not plug in, I'm grabbing that because, right. you know, no offense to the Acoustasonic, it doesn't have great acoustic sound. And No, I mean, this is, this is you know. Yeah, and that that's actually my biggest criticism of it is that um, there are other guitars on the market that do what the Acoustasonic does, except that they don't do it with IRs. Uh, the, the Taylor T5, I think, and then there's the Gibson or not the golden a uh a6 oh yeah i was looking at that one too i was looking at the golden yeah i think acoustically honestly this one i think it does the i think it does the acoustic thing better than than those two the taylor one's great too i know the, the, the guy who designed the taylor worked on this with yeah. fender yeah i think this is more of a realization of what he was going for with the taylor um, or it's just, you know, he's, look, he's been around a block. So he's he, done it he, before. You know, all right, this right. is how I can make it. Yeah, this is how I can make it better. Um, yeah. My main thing with this was, you know, and, and you had touched on it earlier, was the price. Because it's not a cheap guitar. No. By any means. You know what I mean? Neither is um, the Taylor. I mean, that's... No, so none of them that we just mentioned are. None of them. No, no, not no. Not even the Godin. Yeah. Well, the, the good, the good and I think, I think, is it Godin or Godin? Go or how do you, it's Godin. 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 Um, I mean, I've seen them. I was looking around on Reverb. I mean, I've seen them for under a grand. You know, you can get one for yeah. They're miles. they're about twelve hundred bucks new. They're not they're not yeah. terribly expensive. They're still right. not cheap. No, That's they're not cheap. But, but this is this is you know twice the price. Yeah. And you know, and that was my thing. I'm like, well, do I want to spend that kind of money? I mean, I think I think we had when we were texting back and forth and you and first talking about it. I said, you know, or we might have said it talked about it at the at the LB Chavern show was um, the price point that this is at. Part of me was like, dude, I could almost score a nice old 335. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like a 70s. Yeah, I know. I see it back there. Bro. I've, been, I've, been, I've been coveting. I've been coveting it the whole time we're talking. But I'm like, I could get like something like that. You know what I mean? For for what I would pay for this. And on the electric gigs, you know, three mile smile the whole time. Um, and I, do I want to pay that much for something? that's a tool you right. know like i talked to i would when i was talking talking to my wife about it you know she gets to hear me lament on gear all the time yep i know and like yeah that is just but yeah you get you know you should have known this she, my wife met me at a gig you yeah. should have known yeah. known what you signed up for um 
But, uh, you know, I was like, it's kind of like, all right, I could buy this uh, cool old used Chevelle. You know what I mean? And, you know, just not drive it all the time. But when I drive, it's going to be sick. Or I could buy this brand new minivan that's right. way more practical and utilitarian. Will make my day to day life easier. You know, generally, I would, I would be, you know, putting a car seat in the Chevelle. That's the way yeah. I, that's normally the type of person that I am, you know. This was sort of that same thing, but I can, I can say after doing a couple of gigs with it, I'm extremely happy that I did it. Uh, it sounds great plugged in. It sounds great at a gig. It plays really easy. Way less feedback issue. Almost no, no feedback issues with it, with it. You know what I mean? As with, with an acoustic guitar, you got feedback issues. So, um, again, with the looping thing, you know, I sing. So, if I have my, my, my Yamaha, which I love the Yamaha because it's an A-series, great sounding acoustic guitar, great acoustic guitar. But sometimes I'll find when I'm looping, I live loop, so I'll be recording something as I'm playing, and my my vocals will get picked up by the resonance of the guitar, and then it's you can hear it in the background of the loop. You know, um, that doesn't happen with this guitar, or it hasn't happened with this guitar yet. So it's way more rejective of of outside, you know, uh, things with with the, with in regards to the sound that it's putting out. So um, that's been, that's been another thing I wasn't considering when I bought it, but just having used it, it's a, it's a good, good feature on it. It's been a bit since I, uh, since I picked one up, they had their, the uh, back and not back side, the, the body of the guitar, like the actual wood that's made out of a lot thicker because it's actually carved out of a solid piece. Right. Um, and that's, that's a big part of it is that, that there's nothing there. Like when you have a, a like basically what amounts to a veneer, you know, that's the front right. of your guitar, yeah. it's going to resonate like hell. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. So it's just it's a different animal. Actually, I, I was telling Jim, I, I think that my biggest problem is there's no neck pickup. And if I could get away with like a, the Strat one with a neck pickup, I don't use the bridge neck anyway. If they did wait, even right. if they did away with the sound hole, like I'd be all in. I, I would just because it would be so much lighter and so much easier yeah. to deal with. And the Paizo would be great. You know, with the IRs. So, oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I wonder if they'll ever do one where they put a neck pickup in. That would be I mean, an interesting, a because, good thing for them to do. So let me ask you this, Anthony, because you've been playing it, you've been using it, and you've had a couple weeks take it around the block and then yeah. really drive it. And uh, so, let me ask you this about your new uh, Chrysler Pacifica there in your lap, because <laughs> um, you're the one that mentioned the vin minivan yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So we'll go with that. So no, but. Um, so it, it it let me ask you this about it, um, tone, it, it control. So I'm a guy who not only rides the volume, I'll ride my tone control as well. I'll back off the tone and put in the tone. How much control do you have of the tone? And I don't do that. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not doing that with my acoustic. So I don't expect that in the you don't acoustic. Have, yeah, you don't. There's no there's okay. no tone. You have tonal options as far as switching between the A and B. But as far as like rolling a tone control down or something, you do not have you do not have that. I mean, most uh, of the time in an acoustic, you're not going to do that very much. No, but I mean, most of my I will say like my acoustics, like my gigging acoustics, are pretty much set it and forget it. Once I got them dialed in, where I, I'm comfortable and I like them, I pretty much I pretty much leave them that way and they stay they stay that way. I may fine tune some things 
at a gig, you know, um, very small adjustments. Um, that's something I, I have a, um, uh, on my M9, I'll put like a, uh, a graphic EQ. Mm-hmm. So if I, you know, if I have to do some adjustments like that with this, I will say, knock on, I haven't had to do that. It's one of, it's one of those weird things where it's like, um, you know, if I, I like electric guitars um, or, my, or my cigar box guitar, right, that I made. But I was just talking about that this weekend. Somebody was asking me, like, they're like, it, that's got to be a really hot pickup in there. I'm like, no, it's just a Telecaster. It's just a Tele pickup, but it's wired to one volume and a jack. There's no tone control. There's no capacitor. Right. There's nothing in there. It's it's almost as wide open as you could get. So it sounds really hot. Okay, yeah. it's got a real and it's and it's it is what it is. It sounds like what it is. You know, um, Esquires are the same kind of thing. I love Esquires. You know, I love not having a neck pick up on those guitars and just having the option to have volume to output jack. You know, to get everything out of the way. Um, this is this is kind of the same thing like where it just sounds good like and again you know i I paid for it it's not this is not shill talk this is it literally just sounds good it's so usable that i've been surprised i've been really surprised how good yeah i personally know your salesman i know you paid for it Um, yeah yeah dc and i are (laughs) yeah so yeah um so um so overall i i you know, we've talked about the price, we've talked about performance, we've talked about your workflow. So overall, if you were to say um, to somebody, they, they were looking for uh, that kind of thing. Because I, I used to have the Godan uh, A6 yeah. style thing uh, back in the day. And I loved it. I loved my, I said, don't ask me. I, I'm one of those idiots who sold more things than I own. And, and, so you're okay. like every so, guitar player. You're every it, guitar player. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except I, I've I've sold some stuff. I'm like, ah, oh, you moron. And that's one of one thing. That's the only difference. Yeah. yeah, and I've been trying to buy a lot of it back. I've been, <laughs> I got. Listen, I've been looking for an Area Pro. I've been looking for like a 1987 Area Pro SL Series Strat for a yeah. couple months. I'm trying to find because it was my first guitar, and I yep. I sold it, and I and I wish I never would have. I I didn't even I traded it for another Area Pro. Like a like a fake Area Pro Explorer, like yep. a pointy guitar, and I wish I didn't do that. It was such a better guitar. Yep, that's it, it, somehow we never get the magic back. You know what I mean? We never yeah. really find that magic thing. I had a I had a piece of garbage for a first guitar. Um, it, it was one of those closet things uh, from literally either the like late fifties, early sixties. It was um, uh, one of those ones that they had the amplifier in the in the case. Oh yeah, and silver tone kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. the silver tone. Yeah, it was a silver great. tone from right out of the Sears catalog. Probably yeah. cost forty dollars. With I think it was like sixty dollars with the case and the thing um, back then, which was a lot of money back then. And uh, my uncle gave it to me, and I Jimi Hendrixed it. I didn't just I didn't just get rid oh. of it. I burned it alive. I, oh wow! <laughs> I I got a Les Paul custom. Well, um, and, yeah. you know. And uh, now I've been like, you know, thank God I found this one because I love this Les Paul. But um, let me tell you something. I've gone through some Les Pauls. I went through yeah. like maybe 20 of them in my in my lifetime. And that one, my mother sold on me. That, that oh. Yeah, when I went in the Navy, my mother sold it. So it's one of those things where, and she thought she was doing me a favor, I'm sure. Um, but I, 
you know, I don't look back. I, I don't look back and say, well, I could find a 79 Les Paul custom. First of all, 79 Les Paul custom, thanks to Adam Jones from freaking uh, Tool right. or whatever it is. You can't get one for less than like $8,000 now. But um, I'm never going to get that sound back anyway. And I'm never going to be 17 and, and right, right. you know, eight, yeah, 16, 17 when I bought it. So I'll never have that feeling with it again. So I just, I fell in love with this Les Paul. And I'm, I'm sticking to it. So these are my these are my four number ones. But so I got to ask you, um, you know, because you were out there, and we're going to go into your rigs now. I want to talk about your different okay. rigs. Because so when I saw you, you were playing. What I at first I was like, oh, he's got a Les Paul gold top. And then I went, no, that's not gold top. What? And then I thought, oh, is that a PRS? And I said, no, that headstock's wrong. That's not a PRS. Uh -huh. But and then something happened to it. I'll ask you about that later because your your techs were in there. They had the flashlights and they were. They were fixing it there. Um, you're a sound guy and the inner guy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you had oh, something go on. I don't know if with the volume knob or the tone knob. But no, no, went. no. It was, it was, I broke a string and uh, the ball end of the string was stuck in the, in the, the tailpiece. Oh, oh, that's what they, they were trying to get. Yeah, they, they, they couldn't get, they couldn't, they couldn't get it out. And I was joking them. I was like, you know, that's because I play like a man, bro. When you bend strings like that, you know, this is metal on metal, bro. You can't, you know, it's just one of those things that happens, you know. It happens. It happens. It happened to my last. Happens to my last ball. Happens you know, every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. So what? What? That's not actually a Gibson. That's a. No. Is that, that is another one? That's yeah. a Worth guitar. Uh, Tony Whitford over over here in Norfolk. He built that for me. Um, he's a great guitar builder. I mean, anybody in a seven five seven looking for a guitar, um, you know, uh, if you're looking for, for in my opinion, if you're looking for an F style guitar, custom F style guitar. Michael Reese, that's the guy to see for a bolt-on neck guitar. He builds great stuff. He built my telly, built two tellies for me, and he built me a, uh, a Stratocaster. Great, great guitars. Um, and they do what they what is supposed to be done. They do it right. Um, if you're looking for a set-neck-style guitar, worth guitars, I highly recommend. The guy makes great stuff. I've been over to his shop. I've bunch of times my good friend steve stevens he does all the wiring and stuff there their attention to detail is uh you know unsurpassed i mean they they, they he goes through and he'll he'll tap test wood blanks and check resonant frequencies for necks and bodies to see what matches good what he feels matches good and he pairs them together and he has them together in his workshop. You know what I mean? And then he'll double check it once a body's cut out of a blank, make sure it's still, you know, he's he's the real, it's the real deal. It's the real deal, man. They make great guitars. And for the price point, you know, you're going to get basically what you would pay for an off-the-shelf production model, uh, mass-produced, high-end mass-produced guitar. You're going to get a bespoke high-end very small quantity produced guitar that is what you want you know this is what i would like this is what i want these are the ideas i have how can you make this happen in this guitar you know what i mean he's he and he does he's a super nice guy super cool guy um and it, it's yeah it's it's hand it's a hand done thing hand done they're hand done you know i know he's he did just get a cnc machine over there so i think he's trying to get another line together that's maybe not hand done but like my neck hand carved on that guitar hand carved neck the body's hand done by hand like he did everything by hand 
he, he put that gold top on. He put like three different gold tops on it. And he, I didn't even see the first two because he just wasn't happy with them. Jeez. He just wasn't happy. He was like, I'm not happy with the way it came out. I'm not happy with the way it came out. I don't, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. I kind of want it to look a little old. You yeah. know, I want it to look a little beat up. It's going to get beat up. I abuse my instruments. I'm not, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm that guy. Yeah. You know, you actually play them, um, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I play them, and I, you know, like I, I've always liked. That. I mean, going back to the card thing, I've always been more of like instead of like a classic restoration guy, I was always more into the sleepers. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, thing, yeah, yeah, like that. You know, you rumble up, you know, and it looks like the door's gonna fall exactly. off. Exactly. You know, but you blow everybody else's doors off when the light goes green. That's you know, that's kind of more my vibe. You know? Um, so I'm the same way with guitars. I don't mind if they're beat up. I like them when they're beat up a little bit. You know. Yeah, those guitars. Okay, I, I got to tell you, do you have that tally handy? Do you have it where you can grab it? Um, because I got to tell you that thing. That thing. I do not. I, I mean, I could. Uh, I could go out to the truck and grab it. That, that that's all right. You can right send there. me a picture. All right. Your rehearsal space. That this your backdrop. I'm assuming it, it's yeah. a rehearsal space. It looks better than some of the stages I get to play. I know. Uh, I know right? <laughs> <laughs> I, it's bad to like. This is my rehearsal shithole. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well I don't is, have my party lights product, on. This but. is a product of COVID. And this was with, with last year when COVID happened. I was like doing some live stream stuff. And that was how I, you know, and 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 a quick shout out and thank you to everybody who tuned into those live streams when I was doing them because, you know, they would send me money on PayPal and give, you know, we're very generous with tips. And it literally fed my family for like the first three months of not gigging. You know, it, I mean, it literally did. It was people put food on my table. So I, I, I thank them for that. But I, you know, when I did it, I was like, um, as much as I like to shoot for the hip and do all these things live and like, you know, like quirky stuff and stuff that's maybe not so perfect. Um, I was seeing a lot of live streams and I'm like, you know, dude, you could have moved the paint cans. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it was a weed whacker hanging on a wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know. So I wanted to have it at least look kind of cool and, and if people were going to tune in because my my thing was not necessarily and again I'm 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 super grateful for the for the tips but I wasn't wanting to necessarily uh, panhandle I was more wanting to give people something to take their mind off of everything that was going on sure yeah. so I'm like the best way to do that is make them experience a show you i want you yeah. to experience it's a show it's a concert it should look like a, like you're seeing a show at a club on your tv it should look like you're seeing a show so i kind of you know i just did a little little work in a rehearsal space here and and, and dressed it up a little I, i'm gonna steal some of your ideas anthony because i've been thinking about what to, you can see this um what i've got is a this is a canvas believe it or not um thor canvas to oh yeah i don't see it. i don't see it you're i can't see it but i can see that oh. I, see I mean the guitars in the back look cool you like it's cool. yeah yeah. Well, this right here, where you can see this guy's eyes, can you see that? No, I can't see. Oh, okay. your hand. Well, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Your it, hand this, off frame. Oh, it does. Okay, so you yeah. can only see like to here, maybe. Uh, right, so. right there, gone, gone. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so anyway, I've got this big Thor poster that's a, you know sitting here, and it's a it's a canvas. Um, and I'm like, all right, I need to I need to replace that and put something more rock and roll. And I was thinking maybe getting like a Pink Floyd wall. And then oh, like yeah, getting cool. a set of yeah. curtains and doing the wall. But I like, is that a faux, uh, uh, that wall behind you? Is that faux wood or is that actual paint? I mean, it's paneling, but 
Um, is yeah, that no, it's of- actual. It's actual. I went to, um, um, you know, I had all this time on my hands with with COVID and stuff. So you know, I've been riding a motorcycle a lot and, and, yep. and doing stuff. And, but um, I I actually got in my truck and I drove down to the crossroads, like down in in uh, Mississippi, yep. and there was a um a like a, a trapper shack, like a plantation shack there. So I went up and I asked the guy on the farm. It was just falling apart, you know. So he said I could take whatever wood I wanted. Cool. Oh. So I just went and I pulled a bunch of the wood off and then brought it back up here to Virginia and, and just nailed it all up. So I kind of have a little bit of that mojo, you know, back here on the wall. Very cool. That um, is cool. Plus where it came from. That is cool. I wish it was true. I'm just messing with you. I'm totally that kind of Home Depot. It's just bad. <laughs> I figured. I figured. What an asshole. <laughs> You should you should just let the vibe go, man. Like yeah, man. That, add some our listeners would have freaking fell for My it too. My Acoustasonic, it's a, it's a custom shop, man. It's made out of Robert Johnson's shack himself. You know? Like this like, this wood back here is actually from you know uh, the 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 uh, from where Robert Johnson was actually poisoned. That's where yeah. The, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's have funny. You guys, have you guys heard the story? So like, there legend has it that Robert that uh, Robert Johnson. Uh, that Eric uh, Johnson has his like his original pedal board from like the early '90s was made right. out of the shack, and I'm really? like, that's crap. Right, yeah. Like, there's no way <laughs> it could be. I know Muddy Waters has they. Uh, uh, this is this uh, not Muddy Waters. Uh, Billy Gibbons has a guitar made out of uh, wood from uh, the sh- the the shack on Stovall Plantation that Muddy Waters grew up in. Yeah. He has a guitar made out of wood from that. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, but I mean, it's Billy. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. he, 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 I, well, the, what does Billy give at this point? <laughs> yeah, Billy, <laughs> Billy comes from money. Um, uh, his, I think it was his father was a, um, a famous uh, director or something for Hollywood and stuff. Oh, really? Way back, yeah, oh, yeah. Back in the 40s and 50s. So he, he comes from money. He comes from a lot, um, which is why the band is uh, pretty funny. But, um, so, um, I gotta, uh, I gotta tell our listeners, um, Anthony actually does ride a bike, by the way, he rides a triumph, which is, which is a cool band name. I was thinking yeah, of naming yeah. my band triumph. No, don't yeah, do that. Yeah. I moved to Canada. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, great three freeze. Um, yeah. so, so, um, all right. So obviously we've talked about your guitars a little bit. Um, and uh, now uh, I'd like to ask you about. Um, oh, that's funny though. I, I still gotta I gotta ask those guys how they got that how how that thing was stuck in there because I'm thinking that shouldn't be stuck in there. That should have been easy to get I've out. Seen Paul that must have stuck been in strats and everything else. It just happens. Lighted. Well, strats I can see because you got that that through, you know, through body. Oh, yeah, thing. Yeah. But I've never had one stick in a in a um, tone pro style bridge. So that's kind of funny. I'd I'd love to buy a shingle. Well, yeah. that thing is a piece of shit. <laughs> to be to be fair, like I don't change my string. I change my strings as they break. Yeah. I rarely, I, I do. I don't. I don't really. T- you know, I, I told her I'm I'm bad like that with my. You know, um, I don't really uh, change my um, my strings out unless they break. So it could have been one that was on there for forever. You know, when I was talking to a guy about the cigar box this weekend. My bass player was asking me, he's like, man, I said, yeah, that, that, that actually cigar box, I made that 
um, I was actually still in a cover band at the time when I made that guitar. And, um, but that guitar has been, has seen the most work out of, that's been on every single gig that I've played since like 2011. I've played that guitar at every single gig since 2011. I think I've changed the strings maybe three times. Like you could get tetanus from those strings. Yeah. <laughs> that was my first guitar. I think I got tetanus from it. Um, <laughs> so, um, so what is your, uh, you know, I was, I was there. I saw your rig. You got a beautiful high watt. You had the suit. Um, what was the other one? I think you had a Supro on the side. Supro, no. yeah. Yeah, on the side. So were you doing a wet dry thing and and I didn't really look at your pedal board. I didn't want to be no. one of those guys, you know. I was-, I was doing I was running them both at the same time. The Supro and a high watt. The high watt is a custom 20. Um I actually uh that BC, again BC did summer NAM. I was a um I was the NAM guy for for high watt. Oh, okay. Um and you know played through all our stuff of course you know drs are great amps sound amazing but that little custom 20 man on high watt custom 20 and it's it's the loudest 20 watt amp that it's it's ridiculous <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous loud. i didn't even i barely had the master volume cracked on that at, yeah. at that thing, okay <laughs> um great sound and you know full clean with a little grunt you know amp um so I, you know, they, they, they hooked me up with that. Um, I want to be with that. I love it. Um, and then the Supro, um, I met the Supro guys when I was at NAM too. My friend Brian is over at Supro, great guy. And before I did the Seeger tour, uh, they had reached out to me and they were like, Hey, you want to take uh Supro with you? So I was like, yeah, well, you know, what do you, you know, what do you suggest? And I went down, I tried out a couple of amps down at Alpha music and, um, the the uh one that i ended up with is the galaxy super galaxy oh yeah uh, and it's got a the galaxy has a um uh, the clean channel is a I, I believe it's keely designed the clean channel so they have an amp they have a robert keely amp right. um super does so the clean channel on the galaxy is a 50 watt uh it's got the clean channel is a keely one where it's got volume tone and reverb just one tone control you know and reverb, great pedal, pedal platform. And then it's got a gain side, which is, uh, I believe, a Zelensky design gain stage, which is a great sounding gain stage. And when I was when I first got it, I was doing a Seeger tour. Um, some nights I would just use the gain stage in the Supro as my, as my main drive. You know, I'd get both amps kind of barking a little bit because, you know, you're playing, you know, Madison Square Garden. It's not like they're going to tell you to turn down. You know? Yeah, right. You could be, you really could be as loud. He's so just barking a little bit. I'd have him all the way up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, do, I totally, yeah. It was like, I remember, I was like, it's okay. And I'm like, I mean, you can go louder. I'm like, really? Yeah. Are you sure? Uh, so anyway, I, I had him drank, you know? And uh, so you get that nice, chunky, barky, you know, clean channel, but it's working, you know? And then I would use some, some nights I would use the the, the gain channel to push me over the top for solo, solos on the, on the, the Galaxy. Some nights I just used something on my board. At the time, I was using a, a, a an exotic BB Plus, and I had a um, a, a love pedal uh, uh, Les Lias. Okay, I was using. Yep. I'd kind of go back and forth between. Uh, I'm always switching stuff around. Like my board is, yeah. So I'm constantly ripping stuff off. Um, so yeah, I was doing that 
And the show that, that we just did and what I've been using a lot lately is running both amps. Now, now I'm just using the Keeley channel on the Supro. Yep. And I'm using a, um, right now my, my board, my chain is going through a, uh, uh, a snake's pedals fuzzano, which is like a fuzz that this guy, my, my tech actually made for me. Um, it's, uh, uh, I don't even know. I think it, I don't even know what it's based off of, but it's a great sound and fuzz. No tone control. It's just got volume, uh, gain, and then there's a bias control, so you can starve the battery, do Sounds that like starve battery space. thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, what he did was he put a second on mine. He put a second foot switch with a second bias control, so I could set the two bias controls to have this. Same fuzz, but different flavors. You know what I mean? I can get that battery, and I usually leave one all the way off. Where it's like spitting and gated, and yeah. you know, all these overtones. And then I have the other one sort of to taste. And then I've got a um, going into a full drive octave fuzz. Um, I just got a uh, Mosmalo full drive Mosmalo, okay. which I like a lot. That I like that pedal a lot. So there's my three fuzzes, my three main fuzzes. And then for my my drives, I like to I'm a stacker. So even if I'm using a dirty amp, I like to stack. I right. like the ability to stack another gain Same. stage and an amp. Yep. Um. So right now I'm using a um. Uh, trying to remember my board where it goes. So, so it comes out of Masmalo into the SL drive from Exotic Effects. Got an okay. Exotic Effects yep. SL drive. Um, out of that into an MXR Timmy, oh, out, of the, out of the Timmy into there's these three kind of switch out. These last these last ones last slot has been switching out. Currently, I have an EP as my final gain stage. Okay, love the EP booster. What I really like about Same. the EP booster is into a clean amp, cranking it up and and pushing that amp. But I'm not using it that way on my board currently. I'm using it just to give me a little bit of a lift for solos. Um, I have the same guy, uh, Snake, who made my my fuzz. He made me a Klon-type uh, pedal. So I'll sometimes have that in there. Yep. Um, and then there's another one, um, Carmadon Electronics. They also make a Klon-type pedal that has a, a separate bass control. Um, which is a great sound and claw. I thought I had it down here. I should. That's a great sound and claw, um, or clone, I should say. Uh, but uh, Bill it's, would be it's mad. a big form. What's that? I said Bill would be mad. Bill Finnegan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a clone, but yeah. um, it's got um, it's a it's a great sound and clone, but it's a big it's a large format. So on the board that I have now. It's just not on there because of that. Otherwise, that would probably be my final gain stage. Um, Timmy stays on almost all the time. I love I love Tim love Timmy. Um, that that pretty much stays on all the time. And varying for rooms, what I like about it is like the old Beach Tavern show. I couldn't be I was loud, but I couldn't be as loud as I wanted. So I'll use that to add a little gain to the front end of the amp, just a smidge, you know. Yep. Um, if it, if I'm, if I'm able to be as loud as I want, I generally will take the, um, uh, take the gain down and I sort of leave it unity as far as volume, but it's more, uh, I use the Timmy like a gain slash 
EQ yeah. shaper for my other for my other drives. Right. You know, so I I'll cut some of the high end and and boost the bass. You know what I mean? Well, not not because the Timmy's boot is is cut only. So I cut a little bit of bass out, and then I cut a, a, a more high end out, so I don't get that fizzy thing. Yeah, you know, with the, with the drives, it's like a really mild, and then I usually put my amp right. <laughs> What's that? It's kind of like a mild tube screamer. You're rolling off some of the stuff you don't want to come through, or the tube screamer just lets all the bass right. through and cuts everything off. Right, right, yeah. And this is this is not um, what I like about the Timmy is it doesn't have that mid hump right. necessarily. Right. It just sort of keeps the mids flat, right. which I like. You know, just similar um, fashion and, to the way you use it, though. I mean, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Out, right? Um. But that's pretty much my board down, and I got an HX effects that I'm running. Yeah. Um, which I have like two presets on, and they're they're almost the same. You know, I don't really. I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, I don't really, I don't really change. I, you know, I I got it. And one of the reasons why I got it was, you know, having all this flexibility with routing and stuff. And because I'm, you know, sometimes I use a dirty channel on an amp. I just haven't, I haven't needed to do that yet. You know what I mean? But I, I basically on the HX six slots, I'll have a, um, uh. A delay. Uh, I usually will one of one of the one of the presets has a looper. I keep a looper on there for for the band gigs because it's cool to do some harmony stuff or like if I just want to pad, you know. <coughs> um, they have a setting on the HX called uh, Poly Sustain. It's a new. It's in a new software update, which is like a delay, but it does that. It's like the um. Uh, What's that electro harmonics pedal? The freeze? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. It does that. So I'll use that more as my pad thing now. And then the looper I have on there in case I want to do like a, a harmony. You know, if we're doing it like the Zeppelin, um, I usually, you know, I'll do this and in, in ramble on, like do the I'll leave yeah. a looper on there so I can do stuff like that. Yep. <laughs> Mimic two guitars. Um, and then uh, an octave, a low octave, and uh, some kind of like swirly. Either uh, um, I like um, harmonic trem a lot. <laughs> and um, I also like, um, uh, I have an old magnetone. That has a, a, a vibrato that is amazing. Okay, yeah. Um, and I so I like a vibrato too. See the you know one that kind of thing. So it's pretty much. I, and the other preset is the same thing, but instead of having um, the looper, whammy pedal, black white kind. Of, you know, doing like a theremin, big theremin. You know, um, is is on that setting so. Yeah, I think I heard you use that, uh, the theremin type thing, uh, when I was at the old beach. You were, you were using one of those weird ones. Um, I probably was. Because <laughs> you had almost like a porno thing going on, the, 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 <laughs> the, the, the brown chicken, brown cow, but I knew you weren't using yeah. a wah, uh, wah pedal, so I was like, yeah, he's got something in there. <clears throat> um, so, uh, you know the gear, obviously, um, fantastic gear. Um, so I, it, you brought up Seeger because 
you know, I kind of mentioned yeah. earlier. Um, so obviously you've been, you've been writing songs for a long time. We would, um, you joked around, you're actually good at, at bullshitting people, by the way, cause you did, you did that song jump around. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so David, it, the way he introduced it was, I wrote this song in the eighties and they changed it up on me, but I hope you still like it. <laughs> <laughs> They did a rockin' version of Jump Around. It was pretty cool. Everybody loved it. Um, <clears throat> so um, one of the things that, that uh, I want to talk about was, I've got to be honest with you. So I only recognize like that and one other cover, which I think, well, two, because I recognize War Pigs, which I yeah, yeah. right away. Um, but the only other cover I really... From. We keep War Pigs, War Pigs. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was really, that was very nicely done. Um and and I got to be honest with you, you know, it, I think you milked one drink or two drinks all night long. Um, and you were your voice was as strong at the end as it was at least orally, well, thank you. Um, as it was in the beginning. And uh, I know that's not hard or easy to do. I know I've been I've been that guy. Um, so uh, I got to ask you this. Um, you know, uh, and the other the only other one, I, I think you did a Daryl Hall John Oates one earlier in the night. Yeah, but, we did a Paris Mile. Which yeah. co coincidentally was so so the way that gig worked out, I was no I was not wanting to I don't want to say not want to do the gig, but the whole wedding party thing when I found out they were there, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be you know, and the guy there was some kids outside that were in a wedding party and they were breaking my balls and they were like trying to be like they weren't saying free bird, you know what I mean? Right, right. Might as well but they be. were like, hey, we we hurt and whatever, dude. I don't I don't even know. Like I don't want to like uh, there was this whole vibe of like. We heard this famous guy or whatever is coming, you know, to, to, to I don't know how it was whatever sold to them. I don't I don't subscribe <laughs> to any of that kind of BS. But anyway, um, so they were trying to break my chops a little bit. And the guy's like, hey, man, can you will you be able to do some some uh, Hall and Oates for the bride and groom? I said, actually, I'm going to start with some Hall and Oates. I'll start with Hall and Oates, you guys. OK, so I was kind of like. This is the this is the the gig gods throwing me a bone here. I right. like to get my foot in the door and win this crowd over that I'm not expecting to win over. I'm going to start with Sarah Smiles because we do we've been doing it anyway. We do it like it's you know it starts out kind of R and B but then ends up getting I got like three fuzz pedals going and you know what I mean and make it all solo gets a little crazy and I sing it like me. I don't sing it yeah. like you know you know. Daryl's place. I sing it like Rosano. So um uh we did it, they loved it, whatever. So but yeah, we didn't do many covers. I think we did three covers in that whole three and a half hours. You know, um we may I do some teases, like we do uh we might like in the jam do a piece of a Santana song, or I might throw in a melody line from something else, you know what I mean? Just as like a little um because if I'm getting weird and getting out there. <laughs> I want to kind of give people um, something that to, that they can grasp onto. You know what I mean? Like, you know, where they can be like, oh, that's familiar. That's fam You know what I mean? I want to give them yeah. a, a landmark, you know? Yeah, you did that with Steely Dan. You kind of, you brought it in. Um, yeah, and you yeah. Did, like, you did like a, a bit of the Steely Dan thing, but you did your own thing when you, yeah, when yeah. you went out, which was... Well, because there's no keyboard player. So, what you yeah. know what I mean? What you gonna, it was do it again. We did, that was one of the... Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. that's it. So, all right, so what do we got? Where, where are we at? We're at four. Again, I don't know. Yeah. I don't run a set. It was just, you know, yeah. so we got the jump around thing, uh, War Pigs, Steely Dan, and Sarah Smiles. 
Yeah. So I think that might have been I think that might have been it as far as actual, you know, doing cover tunes for the three and a half hours. Yeah. Um but uh but yeah, and then and you know, Steely Dan, you got a three piece band. You know, how are you gonna do Steely Dan with a three piece band? Well, you just gotta you know, and I try and play like um I seen an interview with Billy Joel one time, and Billy Joel was talking about when he used to play his mom he didn't he he was like bailing on his piano lessons. And his mom would be like, you know, um, play, can you play me some some Bach? Play me some Bach or play me some Mozart. And he was like, and I didn't know any because I've been bailing on my lessons. He's like, but my <laughs> ear, I knew how to play Bach-ish. And I right. would just play something that sounded like that, right? So I, tr I, tr I approach a lot of things that same kind of way where it's like, okay, Steely Dan song. I don't have a keyboard player on stage, but I can play keyboard-ish. You know what I mean? I could throw a tremolo on and change the way I play things a little bit, you know, play, play, play behind, you know, closer to the bridge. You get that plinky, plinky thing going on. So, um, you know, I try and do the same kind of thing is, is you know, get ish yeah. with all the, you know, the, the different sounds. Use the piano chord voicings and stuff like that. To get yeah, yeah. I mean, I, well, I try. I don't know. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, uh, not copping out, but I don't, I'm not like a big, I kind of, I got friends that know theory and they'll joke, they'll be like, you know theory, you just don't know you know theory, but you know what, you know what I mean? Yes, you know, you yes. Know, I hear the same theory. thing all the time and I don't know theory either, but yeah, no I more than I think but, yeah. I do, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I know it, but it, yeah, okay, if I do this and I let this ring against this, it's going to sound more, you know, piano-ish yeah. or more, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that's that's kind of what we that's kind of what we do, you know what I mean? And having the freedom and ability to do that is great. I yeah, I know just enough theory to make myself dangerous. Um, so, <laughs> and I'm trying to get you know Sean Parker, right? Oh um, um, yeah, very gotta, dear friend of mine. Yeah, I got to get back in the room with him because he was my instructor, and I um, uh, he's been teaching me some things to uh, to improve my um, uh, my ability to break out of the box, so to speak. Right, right. Because um, <clears throat> Uh, you know, one of the things that that uh, is awesome about you guys, um, and I want to talk about your band in a second. Uh, first, I want to talk about this, and that is that um, you break the mold, you guys as a group, and of course yourself, you break the mold of the expectation that you have to do covers and sprinkle originals, and you're exact opposite. You're doing originals, sprinkling covers. And one of the things that um, I think it's it, it's great, it's dangerous for people to hear, because I'll, I'll, I'll be, like, I've been in bands in this area, um, and unfortunately, I've always been in that band that gets just at the cups of, cusp of things, and then right. some a-hole cheats on his wife and, and loses everything and has to sell his gear or something, and I'm, and I'm starting over. But, um, but uh, what I was going to get at is, you've been doing this a long time. I mean, you've been, you've been playing this stuff and you've been, you, you work the circuit in, in Long Island, which I have friends up in Long Island too, yeah. that still work in that circuit. I mean, you know, uh, um, the guys that used to be in the stars, they're still up there. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, you know, a lot of famous people are up there and they'll play, uh, they'll, they'll show up and play gigs. And of course we've got Rishi Castellano. He's still up there doing the thing right. with the Oyster Cult. He's still doing the stuff. Up there. And then you come down here where this is a little bit different. I mean, we got, you know, we've got a few people, but, um, and, and you're breaking that, that mold, you're doing the original thing. 
But I think what people forget is when you do your originals, and I wanted to talk about this because it's it's probably part of that songwriting thing that you do, is your stuff isn't so far out there, it's not reachable. I mean, I watched people get up and dance. Um, the the bride, the groom, the the um, you know, when I took my head breaks, you know, they were like, Oh man, this brand really rocks, you know, so on and so oh, forth. And yeah, and uh well, I was trying. I was trying to take a pee, but I don't know why. But anyway, <laughs> you know uh, th- that's the thing that happens in the men's room, right? You get you get yes. caught up in conversations. But I was wearing my. What I found out was I was wearing my Coast Guard stuff because I worked. Um, I worked as a civilian for the Coast Guard for a while. Oh, okay. And um, the guy goes, "Oh, you're in the Coast Guard." I was in, um, the the wedding guy, the the groom was in the Coast Guard, so that's how they they were like, "Oh, oh man," they, they felt comfortable talking to me, and a couple of them were in the Coast Guard. So, um, anyway, so. Um, what I was getting at is your music is not inaccessible. You're not trying to write songs that are, look at me, I'm Anthony Rosano and I'm so different. You know, you're never going to enjoy my stuff. You know, you're, you're like, uh, I do songs and they're, they're blues based rock and roll. You're still doing the blues rock and roll of, I I, I mean, you could write these same exact songs in the seventies and they still would have been good. They still would have been up there with, you know, the guys that are like free and those guys that are Don't tell the that strokes. Are doing the Thank you. Yeah, that are, that are doing that kind of like open free thing. You got that Paul Kossoff almost vibe with, with um, a little bit of um, more built in and stuff like that. And um, I, I just want to say, so how do you look at, you know, you're, you're getting ready to write a song. How's it? How does Anthony Rosano, he wakes up in the morning, he's like, ah, ah, I got a song. <laughs> I got to, I got to record this. You know, (laughs) what does Anthony Rosado do and how do, how do those songs come about? It's usually, I get, I will, I will usually get like a little spark. It generally starts with a line with one, with one, with one line. So, um, usually that's how it is or an, or an idea or I'll be talking to somebody and I'll get an idea from the conversation, you know, like, um, uh, uh, love's got to hold on. You know what I mean? I've uh, that, that's one of my songs, and I, I was talking to a buddy of mine on the phone, and, and uh, he was getting engaged. I've been married for 24 years, so he was kind of, and I'm like, don't ask me for advice, you know what I mean? I'm like, but it's you know, it's just like any other thing, any other kind of relationship. It's a complete, it's it's a dichotomy of compromise. You know, you are going to want to go out with your friends and do things, and that's okay, and you should be able to do that but you're probably going to feel guilty about doing that. And she might, you know, feel bad about you doing that. And that's okay. But you know, whatever, like it just was whole thing. And it, the whole, the whole, every, that dichotomy, that was what turned into, and I, and I, I ended up telling them, you know, but I wouldn't change it. You know, my situation for the world, I wouldn't change my situation for the world, the good, the bad, it is what it is. And that's, you know what I mean? I wouldn't change it. So that's how love got a hold on me, the lyrics, you know, love is happiness. Love is guilt. Love is a prison your heart is eager to build. It's a lustful smile and tears of, of rage. Love is like a lion with a kingdom for a cage. That's the first that's the first verse of it. And I wanted to do the whole the whole point of the song is to do that. It's op- everything's opposite. It's good, it's better, but it's really got a hold on me. Love's got a hold on me. That's how that's the, so that's really how it is. And 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 as far as you know, um, and I'm I'm humbled that you would that you would get from what we did performing because we do so much improv and there's so much guitar noodling, you know what I mean? That um but I 
am not a look at me. Well, I'm not that guy. I'm not. I'm not that guy at all. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not playing. I'm not doing anything. I'm doing is has nothing to do to impress anybody. I'm trying to connect with human beings. I'm trying to connect with people with music. That's what I'm trying to do. So um, that's what does, that's what does it for me for music. I listen to music I connect with. That 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 you know I don't listen to stuff that I'm like. Um, I mean, yeah, there's guitar players, of course, that are like, man, that guy's ridiculous. You know, go on Instagram. Go on Instagram. Yeah, we've see. had some of that. You, seat. you, you, could, you could, yeah, you could, you yeah. could spend, you could spend the rest of your life watching 30, minute, 30 seconds at a time of of guitar players that will make you want to give up playing because they're just so technically proficient. You know what I mean? But <clears throat> that does that serves a different thing for me. You know what I mean? That's a different kind of entertainment. The things that I like most are, like you said, Paul Kossoff and Free. You know, his vibrato. His vibrato will change your molecular structure, bro. You know what I mean? Like it's it's that. That's what that's what I'm that's what I'm looking to do. So, um, and you know the songs I tend to write, they're not complex arrangements. The arrangements are, you know what I mean. I don't like necessarily that kind of thing for me. I like listening to some. I love Rush. I like, you know what I mean. Dream grew up on Long Island. I seen Dream Theater in little clubs before they were doing anything. You know what I mean? And I loved it. But um, but uh. You know, it's just not where it's just not my it's not my it's not what I'm good at. It's not my thing. And I and I think my purpose musically is to try and facilitate a connection with people. You know, to, it's a, it's a whole thing. We're in this together. You know what I mean? We're here tonight together. Let's do this together. You know, I'm going to be hopefully supplying the soundtrack to your good time, and uh, you're going to give me the energy to have a good time with what I'm doing. So that's that's my whole thing. That's 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 what we, that's what, that's what I feel like. It's really cool, and we actually your sentiment is um, very much like many of the other people who sat in your seat on the show before, um, where it's like, I we've had we've had people on both sides of the aisle, right? So we've had people. We actually had Michelangelo Video was on the show, of course he's known for. Oh, that's killer! Yeah, technically proficient guy, and um, we've also had people that are technically proficient, but will sit there and say, you know, I can do all this crazy nonsense, but if I can't tell a story with what I'm doing, it's right. it's irrelevant. And so I think Jim's reaction is, you know, what, what you would consider noodling at least has musical value to it because you're saying something. There's a statement there that's coming. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, I mean, and then to clarify, like, I'm not knocking, I'm not knocking proficient, sure. but you know what I mean? I'm it's not its own thing, right? And I can't do that. I can't do that. Believe me, I've sat down and tried to, I've sat down and tried to, you know, learn the, you know, I mean, like, dude, that's, I do it for like, a couple seconds and then I'm like, what am I doing, dude? I, you know. Yeah. It's not, it's you not know. singing with the instrument. Like I believe yeah. me. And I'm the guy that's the total opposite. Like I sit there and just woodshed stuff and I'll get, I it wish so I, I could do super it. Fast I don't have it, the discipline. Know? I don't have the, yeah, I just don't, I don't have the discipline or, you know what I mean? Or whatever it is, it is what it is, it's, you know? Yeah. David and I are, are um, total opposites. I'm the guy who, uh, uh, you know, plays a regular blues stuff. I stick with the pentatonic scale. I know I, I do what I know. Um, David can play circles around a lot of people and right. he has, and he is very, uh, uh, humble about it. Believe me. Cause if you heard the guy play, you'd be like, Oh yeah. To learn no. to say things. That's, that's what yeah. I need to learn to do. Make statements and say things. That's yeah. That's my choice. Right. And there's guys that like, you know, I'm sure you're, I'm sure you're one of them where that are, you know, like Marty Friedman, I think is an incredible, like, like when you're talking about vibrato and stuff. So Marty Friedman is one of those dudes where like, yeah, he can play a lot faster. 
but uh, the vibrato on like that that record. Um, what was it? The the Megadeth one, the first one he was on. Uh, it escapes me. <laughs> Holy Wars of Punishment do is on it. Was and, it Rust in Peace? Rust in Peace. Yeah. Rust in Peace. Yeah. A landmark, <clears throat> a landmark guitar record for sure. And his vibrato and stuff on there, and his No Choice is insanely good. Yeah, is insanely good. Alex Skolnick's another one of those guys that I think is a oh. player. He's an amazing. He's he's great. You know what I mean? And dude, like Paul Gilbert. That's he's my favorite. Paul Paul Gilbert. Paul Gilbert is ridiculous, man. Paul Gilbert is ridiculous. Not only can a guy like do the drill thing, but if you ever heard him play blues, his blues stuff is off the chain. And not I'm not talking about the fast stuff. I'm talking like he gets it. He's a dude that that as far as guitar wise in my book, like anytime I've seen him, stuff, he gets it all. He gets it all. He's Did like, you-, you know, like, yeah, I understand like Humble Pie, not actually hum- like the band Humble Pie. Like I understand Steve Marriott and I understand, you know, uh, Yingve Malmsteen. I get that. I get both. He gets yeah. it all. He knows. You know what I mean. Did and he could, he could do it all. Did He's you, great. Did right. you get to see him on the last tour? The tour for his uh, for the last record, the one before. No, I didn't get. I didn't get to see him. So he comes out. He's got the suit on, right? Blue suit. Right. Blue suit. Head to head to toe. He has a blues band with him, basically. And he's got this, oh, wow. drum, this drummer that seems like he's straight out of the Allman Brothers or something. And he's just, it's yeah. all fluid all night. And he's like, we're going to play some Racer X tunes, but we're not going to play them like we did when, you know, I was in Racer X. And so they right. played him, they played him all like blues style. It was incredible. Oh, wow. I was just like, I just sat there the whole, the whole time. I was like, my God, my mind blew up. Um, and it's, just, yeah, it's incredible. not the first time I've seen him either. So it, it was just, uh, it was a totally different feel and um, totally different. Totally different thing, and his new record. I I got the advanced copy because uh, I oh, bought cool. it early. It's good. If you haven't heard it, it's yeah, good. I gotta check it it's out. It's really good. Yeah, I gotta check it out. Yeah, there's so he'll many. Make, there's no. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I know, it's Go okay. ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just well, gonna say he'll what? he'll make me want to not play guitar. He'll make you yeah. Know, <laughs> that's that's a, yeah. <laughs> nah, I said that we walked out of the gig. I was with a friend of mine uh, who's also listening to the show. We're walking out of the gig, and I looked at him. I was like. I was like, I just want to give up now. And he looked at me. He's like, yeah. what the hell are you talking about? He's like, I'm inspired. And I thought about it for a minute. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm like, that's, that's yeah, probably yeah. the truth of it. <laughs> that That's exactly, you know, after your, um, after your thing, I'm going to say this. It's kind of like um, when I was in the Navy and uh, we'd be in the birthing complex and an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie would come on, you know, and then everybody had to hit the gym, you know, we were like, oh yeah, we got to yeah, pump yeah. it up. <laughs> After I left your gig and my ears were ringing. I mean, it was, it was loud. Praise the loud. Yeah, oh yeah, it was awesome. I, I and I stayed right to the end. Um, uh, anyway, um, I, I went home. I plugged in and I just started cranking. Oh, I just because because it, it was either either go all right. I'm just gonna sell it all and give it to charity, or I'm gonna freaking you know I'm gonna learn how to do this stuff uh, better. Um, and and it's it's just one of those things. Um, that uh, I think that's the thing that that one should take from seeing another musician is the inspiration yeah. to do well. I mean, um, you were talking about rudiments. I was sitting here tonight. I was doing rudiments, um, and then I was like, you know what, this stuff. I'm just going to turn on a southern rock thing and just play through, you know, a bunch of of uh, you know major instead of minor stuff. And right, right. Try to lock that in. Um, so 
Um, I, I want to talk to you about the musicians because we, I, um, I think we talked before the recording started and I just want to get this on here. The, musicians <clears> and then so, looping. We got to hit. The yeah. Too, yeah. We got to, we got to use musicians and we got to do the looping. So I want to talk about the musicians first. We're on the gig. We're talking about the gig. So here it is. Um, I got, I got two real questions for you and we'll start with them, them being on the, um, on the stage. First of all, your rhythm section, because um, for those who don't know, uh, Anthony's in a three piece. Um, the the bass player and the drummer one of the things that that i noticed um and it's very important when it's in a three-piece people have to remember that it is not just about the guitar player and right and the singer it is about when you're on a drummer the singer and guitar player which you're both obviously has to be able to know that the net is there and you don't have to worry about falling. They're going to catch you. And um, I want to talk uh, uh, to this, and that is your bass player, especially. I mean, those guys were locked in so tightly. I thought they'd been playing with you for years. So when you told me that, that they're new guys in the in the group, I knew that from videos before and having seen you before, I knew that um, they weren't the same people that I'd seen before, but I didn't know they were that new. Um, they really knew when you went off to do a solo, like you said, you've got to have that boost because you got to you got to get up there, and we all do. Um, one thing I noticed is they knew how to change their playing style and the way they fill it in, so that when you go out there to do a solo, there's not just this bare boom, 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 you know, thing right. root note, root fifth thing going on behind you. It there's a whole harmonic structure that they've laid down for you to to play over so i wanted you to just talk a little bit about that and how it is with a three piece it's it's i time. mean the guys that jake Foltz is the bass player who's playing with me now and um kyle mccormick is the drummer oh, yeah. um, kyle, kyle mccormick has actually kyle, kyle's actually been with me technically for just over a year um kyle came on when i got back from the bob seeger tour um uh it's a long story but you know i had a, a guy uh scott smith great drummer um, oh, yeah, yeah. Amazing drummer. he was playing with me for a while he couldn't do the seeger tour um he he you know he has he had he has a day gig he had work commitment so he couldn't right. do the Seeger tour. um and uh so i had a, another buddy of mine fill in uh rich mossman rich did a great job but right before we left for the tour rich had moved to nashville so rich came back from nashville did the tour with me Went back to Nashville when we were done. Kyle came in, um, at uh, you know after the tour, um, you know. But, but Scott, uh, just you know, he he didn't. He you know was like, look, you man, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not. I don't want to go through this again. I can't do this again. I can't, you know, have a you know an opportunity and not. So I'm I'm just gonna bow out. So, um, Scott, you know, made a decision to 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 no longer play with the band. Um, Kyle came in. Kyle got up to speed real quick. We started doing gigs right away. COVID hits. Boom. We're out. We're sidelined. Uh, stuff starts getting back. And I did a couple of gigs. Uh, Paul Warren was playing with Paul Warren's bass player, great bass player, played with me for years. Um, he's, he's a little older, high-risk COVID. He was like, man, I'm not feeling this. You know, um, I was not eligible at the time for, um, and this might be too much TMI, but uh, 
the way the way the because I'm self-employed and I'm a full-time musician, I'm a sole proprietor. Right. Um, <clears throat> you know, I had to make money. I could I couldn't get I couldn't get the unemployment. Right. So I had to go out and gig. So I started doing solo acoustic, a lot of solo acoustic gigs. Uh, I had a couple of band gigs that were on the books that I had to. I didn't have to fulfill the commitment, but because of COVID, when I when when COVID first happened, um, I had uh, I canceled I canceled a bunch of stuff. I just called. I said, "Look, I'm I'm not I'm not willing to. We don't know what's going on. No one knew what the world. You know what I mean? As far this was the plague. This was you know, 1899. As far as everybody was concerned, I didn't want to have that responsibility." um of, of anybody getting sick so i i canceled a bunch of stuff um pissed it, it pissed some people off they got mad people that were that are you know maybe still not um still don't buy into it that it was you know think it was a real thing which you everybody's entitled to their thing but moving forward i knew i can't burn every bridge in the book i've got to fulfill some of these things i'm not high risk myself so i've got to continue so that's when i called jake to fill in and I mean, Jake has been doing, Jake's doing an incredible job, man. I mean, Jake is just, he's uh, in, in a very short amount of time, the kid has, has learned uh, an extensive amount of material, um, has learned, like you said, my playing style and Kyle's playing style. Kyle and I, I, I pretty much immediately, I'm like, yeah, we're, we're from the same thing. You know what I mean? Like it, we're, we're, we get each other musically, you know? Kyle listens intently to everything that's going on and he'll pick up on stuff that I do and know where to go, you know, and be that safety net. And then Jake just completes it. Like they just, um, them two together are just, they really are a powerhouse rhythm section. And they provide such a solid foundation. It's almost like, <clears throat> because we improv so much too, though, it's liquid. Like you said, like they change and they, they you know what I mean? Yeah, it's um, a jam band. Like you guys got to have a, a, a chemistry amongst one another yes. to be able to do that properly. I've definitely been in situations where I'm improvising with people that like are not on my wavelength, and it's like, yeah, what did you just do? <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I yeah, I mean, and I, you know, look, I'm not, I, uh, yeah, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like when 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 we go out on the bikes. There's a couple guys that I ride with, and um. I just, I go riding a lot. So I know a lot of these weird roads and stuff. So generally they will add, they're like, Hey, I'm following you. Like you go, where are we going? You know what I mean? And then I'll go. Um, but I do, I don't know where I'm going half the time. Like I'll just go, I kind of know the area and I'll go get lost in North Carolina somewhere. But when you're all together and you're all tuned in and you got five guys riding together and I decide to go right. It's intuitive. Everybody goes and all right, where are we going? Right, you know what right. I mean? And once once you get that your radar's up and that sense of adventure of like we're in uncharted territory here. There's no GPS. You know what I mean? We gotta all be locked into what everybody's doing. And it's the same thing with these guys, man. I mean, these guys are are, you know, we can go off wherever. And these guys are just they're there, man. They're there. They got my back. I feel, you know, um, and it's not to discredit or, or say anything about anybody that I've played with in the past, but these two guys are the most solid section that, that you know what I mean? They, they, they know each other. They know what I'm doing. It's, it's, they're, they're phenomenal guys to play with. Man. Just to share. I wouldn't be able to do what I do if I, if, if I didn't have guys like that. Just to share a little bit of tidbit with the audience. And I'm talking about uh, getting on stage with people that don't know what the hell's going on. 
sometimes those can be the most fun experiences because you never know what the hell is going to happen. And, yeah. and good stuff can come out of this. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but having that chemistry is so important to having like a fluid situation. If you and and actually for a lot of bands, you know, you get a three hour set. They hear the three hour set. And it's like, oh, my God, like how much material is that? It's like 50 songs or 45 songs. It's like, nah, it's my, it's like 20, 25. It's some extended jamming here and there. Like you're fine. Right, right. You know, like in those, I've been in those kinds of situations and those are the most fun because it's like, well, it's going to be different every night. You never know what you're going to do. You're not playing weddings, but you're, you know, right. but you're providing entertainment. And a lot of times you get a loyal following of people that will come back, you know, because they want to see what's yeah, going to well, be like think, the next time. I think, for, I think for us, one of the things, and this has always been, is, um, what people are coming for is not to see necessarily a reproduction of stuff that's already, you know, created. They're coming to see creation. Mm-hmm. It's like almost, and I, I used to say, I'm like, I'm like our shows, our musical experience is as much Bob Ross as it is Led Zeppelin. Like you're yeah. actually seeing real time creation of this is it. We have this moment in time. We have to decorate it. This is how we're decorated. This is, you know what I mean? And tonight, and you know, that's what we, that's what we do, you know. That's exactly that's the way, that's what. The way we roll. That's exactly why I'm getting out of playing the tracks. I mean, I wrote a bunch of songs, and there I use the tracks to play live because I don't have a band set up. Um, right, and that was all happening right before COVID. I started, I started doing three times a week open mics and stuff, trying to meet people in the local area just before COVID started, and it all right. got shut down just as like things were heating up, and I was like, oh god. So I spent the last yeah, year yeah, just being like, do? god damn it. Um, so. That's how I got into the looping thing. Uh, I started playing on Twitch a couple weeks ago. I was like, this will be a good way to just pretend I'm playing live and they'll actually right. be watching occasionally and I can get some feedback and I can push myself out there a little bit more and force myself to be in the moment more rather than when you're practicing. You know, there's that thing that happens when you're on stage. You have that feedback from the audience and it pushes you to the next yeah. to the next. And the step. other musicians, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm always trying to get to that point. I call it the moment of Zen, right? Like I'm always trying right. to get to that moment of Zen where it's me and the music and it's just coming through. Um, so I was like, I got this harebrained idea a couple of weeks ago because my Twitch streams are boring as hell because I'm playing tracks, right? Like, um, and even if I'm buying somebody else's tracks and I don't rehearse them ahead of time so that they're like fresh to me, it's still tracks, right? Right, right. So I bought this week, I bought an RC 500. And I bought a beat buddy and I midi them together. They're on a board back there. And I, that's, that's the direction I'm heading. Cause I want to be more organic with it. I'm going to have a book of yeah. just random chord progressions, flip to a page, pick one and go and have, you know, yeah, that's cool. First course and, and create, you know, live. Like that's yep. kind of the idea. So I totally relate to what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I do when I'm looping, when I'm doing my looping thing, my live stuff, I have, um, I use the I have the Jam Man Solo XT. Okay, right? I, have I, have, <laughs> I have three. <laughs> I have three, and I have them. I have them synced together, three synced right. together, because one is drums, usually my drum bed, and then I have verse chorus, or I'll kind of like creatively say like, okay, I know the drum one. Uh, this is going to be a bridge section, so I'll play the drums. I'll beat on the guitar for as long as the bridge section is in my head, and then I can record. So I got I got three. So um, but I do the same thing. And, and, you know, when I'm playing live, when I'm doing a show, they're not, I don't necessarily use presets. I have 
Bank one and all of these is is completely open. The only thing I have saved on it is that when I hit stop, it's going to play the loop through and stop at the end of the loop. And it just helps me for switching back and forth for, for verse chorus on these. Um, but I do it I do it all live real time because, again, it's it's the creation. It's I think people are there to see the creation. But that being said, for looping gigs, um, I do have somewhere like I might have a drum beat. You know, I still did it on this. Right, right. But I have it, I have it saved. I do have some where I have some stuff saved. And really that's just to to for me to gauge fatigue with the audience where um all right, they don't need to see a two and a half minute setup on how I'm building these loops. You know sure. what I mean? Sure. So I can get from one song into another song pretty quick if I see their attention's waning and I, you know what I mean? It would be better that way. So I kind of, I kind of do that. I go back and forth, but I don't, they're not like, it's not like tracks and none of my save stuff is all, um, it's not, it's not a hundred percent. Like the song is not a hundred percent saved. It's the, it's usually the, the, the drum beat, the initial drum beat. And then I'll add some color. Yeah. On top of that. And then I might have the chorus part, the baseline for the chorus done. But it's just so I can get right to building that verse. You know what I mean? I get right to building that verse and start singing as mm. I'm building a verse. Um, but yeah, that's what I do. And I, I, and I, I did it because I started doing the looping thing because the same thing. I like the interaction of playing. It is the closest you can get to interaction of playing. There are some players around. I mean, Louis McGee is is been around the Hampton Roads area forever. I watched Louis McGee play him just an acoustic guitar. Uh, it, it, he's one of those guys too where I'm like dude he's playing a Hendrix tune on an acoustic guitar and he's not playing he's just playing the solo yeah. he's not there's no chords going on behind him but he's so good at leading your ear with what he's playing that I can hear the chords he's playing on right. you know what I mean right he, there's guys that could do that. again that's not in my that's not in my skill set you know I kind of look at it more as um when I'm doing a looping gig I'm putting my producer hat on too. Yeah. I'm I'm producing a, a, a thing. You know what I mean? I'm doing a production thing uh, in front of an audience. It's not just a playing thing. So. Yeah. My, my biggest challenge with it, because I'd seen people do it locally and, and most of them were actually pretty good at it, but it's always like, okay, so here's the song that takes five minutes to get, you know, to get a three minute song that takes five minutes to complete. And the right. audience by that point is just kind of like gone. Because they're like, right, right. So you got to be careful about. It. I mean, you got to structure it, and there's a lot of work that goes into putting that together. But I'm hoping oh, yeah. that because Twitch is Twitch, people are kind of willing to deal with long-winded stuff. Like it's all video game streaming and people like that. And right. I see some of these people do some of the stuff who've been fairly successful at it, and they got a following and whatnot, and they make mistakes, and it's it sort of works out. Nobody complains, and like it. It's part of it. I mean, and I, I was going to say that's another thing is, you know, you commit like the, uh, the other night, uh, uh, last night I was doing, I did a, a solo acoustic gig. And um, when I, a couple of my loops, I was tired, did a gig during the day at a, at a motorcycle event with the trio. So I was out during the day in the sun playing loud rock and roll, got done, loaded the PA and everything in a van, hopped in a van, hauled ass to get to my acoustic, solo acoustic gig at a little, you know, bistro type restaurant. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, do this other thing. I was, I was, I was tired, you know, and a couple of the loops, I was like, 
oh man, that's too fast. Or it's, I'm like, you just got to commit to it, dude. You know what I mean? I look at it, and I, I, you know, I'll sometimes make a joke. I'll be like, oh, sorry, my drummer was drinking last night. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a little off. He's a little the, off the beat buddy has a sobriety setting, so you yeah. can actually turn the sobriety down. Yeah. No, I, does it really? Yes, it, it does. It does. It, it has a sobriety oh, setting. Yeah. That's I couldn't amazing. believe it either. I saw it in the manual. I'm like, you're effing kidding me. <laughs> like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> I got to tell you, there's another friend of mine. He, um, uh, he and his, uh, another guy, uh, they have a duet. So they're bass player and guitar player, but they don't have a drummer. And they right. named the drummer after the three drummers they've had that all failed and, and left the band. So I got to tell you, so his name is Mark something something. I got, I'll, oh, I'll throw great. Mark onto the bus. Um, so because he broke the band up initially and I was part of that. And that was one of those ones that we had just started to crest where we were getting popular. But anyway, so, <clears throat> um, so uh, I said, they, we, they were between songs. I said, your drummer sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the beat buddy <laughs> so, yeah yeah that's a cool that's a cool piece if um if you're interested i i i can uh send you some info on it you can look it up yourself but the, yeah, beat, yeah. Buddy, the beat buddy just midi sync like i i know the xt doesn't i don't think the uh the jam sync is the same thing as like a midi nah, protocol nah. but if you were to upgrade to one that's like midi quantizable you can yeah. use the beat buddy with it and you can literally, when you hit start on the on the beat buddy, it gives you like uh, an intro of one bar, and then the looper will start. So like oh, wow, you that's can, cool, yeah. yeah, you and it'll quantize to whatever you want it to, depending on what the looper is, the way you go. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah, I've, I've seen the beat buddy things. I've looked at them. I've actually, I've got a. Um, uh, I started out playing drums, like I wanted to be a drummer, and I'm a mediocre drummer at best. Usually, when I demo my stuff or, oh, or I'm whatever, I'm that. Drums, so like, don't worry. <laughs> Yeah. What's that? I'm worse than that. Don't worry. <laughs> I program a lot got, of drums. Like, Let's just put it that kit. way. <laughs> and I've been wanting to bring the electronic kit out to some of these gigs and be like, okay. But again, it gets back to that. You know, are you gonna you go, you're gonna you're gonna take you know 12 minutes to watch me get up, put my guitar down, yeah, walk see, over that's... behind the drums, play a little drums, you know, and then get up and set that up, pick my guitar up. You know, that's again, not, you know, with this, that's one of the things that attracted me to it was being able to, you know. Do that. Be able to do that and loop over it. I was like, yeah, I don't have to bring the, I don't have to bring the drum set. I don't have to, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, do that. I don't. So, so I'm primarily an electric guitar player. Like, I bought my first real acoustic this year because I'd had like a right. live in this. and um, I, I'm playing in a band that's predominantly folk music. So it's like I'm doing the telly thing, even though I don't have a telly, pretty much most of the time. I, I play a right. strat and I play real close to the bridge and, you know, do all the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the things I can do to get the telly out of it. Um, and so for me, like going into the live looping thing, I see the acoustic players and I see them doing the beatbox stuff, you know, with the, with the uh, yeah, yeah. acoustic guitar. I'm like, God damn it, that'd be cool to be able to do. But I'm like, at the same time, it's kind of like, I can use the beat buddy and I can do the same thing. And the expectation right. I think in rock music is to have more conventional drum sounds. So the kind yeah. of music I play, like I'm firmly in the, I'm ACDC and beyond, like anything right, right. beyond ACDC is like right up my alley. Um, and, and I'm starting to get more towards the blue side of that. So, but, but well, ACDC, I mean, I, I love it. ACDC to me, that's a blues band with, you know, Angus Young, man. No, but I'm you saying like, I'm getting more into the blues side of it now than I yeah. ever was. And like, now I'm incorporating a lot more that what I did, but like, I've, I've gone all the way to, to you know, metal basically and it's funny because that's the yeah, thing yeah. people are like oh yeah do metal you know like 
Or I'll play I'll play an open mic and I get people in the back. They're screaming, play some Slayer. So I start playing Rain and Blood. You know, it's like they didn't expect me to be able to do it. So I'll do it. Right, right. Um, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, I I've, I've, I've pulled out I've pulled out a, a couple of times. I've had people yell it out and, I, and I've pulled out. You know, the other. Yeah. You know, I pull, I pull out some Slayer, bro. I love that stuff. Dude. Yeah, but it's just, it's one of those, um, I I forgot where I was going with this, but but in terms of the live looping, like being able to incorporate that and make it a not so conventional is where, yeah. is where the challenge is going to be for me. Like, because not a lot of guys are doing it. I say guys, there are plenty of women doing live looping too, where they're, where they're focused more on that kind of, like I see a ton of people right. that are more in the pop side or a, like the acoustic folk thing and that side of music. But so it's right. like just finding my own angle. It's going to take me some time. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like anything else. I mean, and, and, you know, uh, I, I, I approach everything that sort of similarly, like, okay. Um, you know, live looping thing. One of the things that I production wise or what I'm doing it, what I'm thinking is is along the lines of some more more modern music so so although i love and people associate me with being a blues guy i don't consider myself anything i'm just playing music you know what i right, mean right but, same um but it's all it's all and to me it's all blues if it wasn't for if it wasn't for blues one for sunhouse and those guys and charlie pat you you would you would be everybody would be playing classical music name a song you, know you I mean? don't like with a one or that you like it doesn't have a one four in it. <laughs> right right there's it's right Absolutely. So, um, but that being said, I, I, I approach things as like, okay, with the looper, sometimes it's not about complexity of what you're doing. It's about what you're adding and taking away. So I see some of these guys that are, that do these amazing looping things. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's kind of a vamp. There's a guy, um, um, uh, and he's really good at it. I don't know if you guys have, are familiar. Jeremy Mangrum. He goes by big forest fire. He's leaps and bounds, you know, looping wise. He does these amazing loops, plays trumpet, plays, uh, you know, plays guitar, has a great voice, super talented cat. Um, so everybody check him out. Um, but, uh, and a lot, and he's really good at doing this thing where like, it may not be so complex, the arrangement, but it's what's being added and what's being taken away to do the verse chorus structure. Which is a, which is a, a, that's a talent in itself. You know what I mean? That's a, that's sure. a, that's a, that's a, a honed in production thing. You know, so I approach, I try and you know approach things like that too with when I'm doing a looper. But at the end of the day, it's just like anything else. It's taking, putting yourself into that other medium. You know what I mean? So like you're saying, you know, finding your own thing is that the whole deal is, you know, yeah, this is the tools that I have to work with. How do I use these tools creatively to express who I am as an individual? Right. right. To connect with other people. You know what I mean? That's the, so. And then for a lot of people, the challenge is doing it in real time. You know, right. We can all be, we can all be a, an oil painter and take months to complete a painting and let all the layers dry and take, you know, long hours to think about what the next step is going to be. But not, not everybody can paint like Bob Ross where you're putting wet on wet. You know, right. well, yeah, I mean, and that's it. And Bob Ross, what's the happy little accidents? Right, right. That's what that's what that's what it is. That's what it's about. I mean, and you could, you know, uh, we were talking about Hendrix the other night. I'm like, you listen to Hendrix stuff. You listen to live Hendrix, arguably the greatest, most influential guitar player ever. Right. 
I've I listened to Hendrix stuff that I absolutely love, but on a certain level, if you listen to a lot of you like they weren't they weren't all there that night. Like yeah. the acid that they was had sloppy. bad acid that <laughs> night. It wasn't that wasn't that you know what I mean? Wasn't wasn't hitting, wasn't hitting, it wasn't all together, you know what I mean? But I've also seen like there's a Hendrix thing where they're playing, I think it's in, in Denmark. It's a black and white video. You find it on YouTube, right? They do Spanish Castle Magic. I know the one. <laughs> Hendrix does not even look at, at he doesn't look at Mitch Mitchell or Noel Redding. He just turns around, he steps on his fuzz face and goes, Bokaka, Bokaka, Bokaka. No count off, nothing. Yeah. And they are right there with him. And it, 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 it just rips. It's yeah, it's one of the it best versions. Rips. They totally rip. They took the whole thing. It's a it's it's an incredible, they're so dialed in as a unit, right? So, but to get that, you also have, you know, stuff we listen to. Where it's like, ah, oh, maybe wasn't wasn't as good as that. You know like what I mean? The Isle of Wight Festival. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, right. And then so then you have, you have, um, you know, it's the same thing. And I think that's what's missing with 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 stuff now too. Stuff gets so polished, and people get so so used to wanting to be, you know, I got to present this in this way, and that it's like, man, just I am very guilty it. of that. I am and, very guilty. Everybody, everybody is, and 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 on a commercial aspect, being a full time musician, I struggle with you know, my my first thing, instinct is to let it all go. So if I got something and I'm like, man, I feel like that was, you know, that might not have been the best take, technically, but it's got the most soul. The band's got the most going on in this one. You know what I mean? That should be out there, and I yeah. struggle with stuff like that all the time. Of like, you know, is it is it something you want to put out because? Uh, you know, everybody else is doing this perfect stuff and this is going to sound imperfect and I don't know. But I think live especially, you have to be willing to live with the imperfections of it. You know, you I have think, to be willing to live with that for it to be magic. Yeah. I think that's the danger right now of not um, not most musicians, but there are so many people. We talked about this earlier. You can go online and you can see 250 TikTok videos um, that it could pop up in your phone if you were a person who watched TikTok, which I'm not, um, or YouTube videos or whatever. And they're all going to have 11-year-olds who can play guitar perfectly, right? right. And so if you're, uh, I, I'm not going to ask your age, but if you're a 40-year-old or, you know, in my case, in the 50s, and I'm you walk out there. Oh, okay, see? Yeah. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. yeah. And 73 plus the age of the wood in the background. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, <laughs> it's, the and so, it's the vape juice that keeps me on. Yeah. <laughs> He's been using it for 40 years. Yeah. Um, so uh, the um, uh, the point I'm making is that we have to we have to not lower our expectations ourselves, but um, have a realistic expectation that you're going to make a mistake. I remember um, I, I was talking to Greg Cock um, online and he, he was doing this thing. And I said, I said, it's nice to know that you didn't um, go back and, and take that mistake out that you didn't go, Oh, you know, like, cause online you yeah. can do that. And he said to me, he goes, Jim, that that's what being a musician is. Sometimes you make a mistake. Yeah. Sometimes it's going to be good. Sometimes it's just going to be a bad note. But if it's real good, you'll play it 15 more times and really nail right. it in. <laughs> Thanks. Well, that's, now it's if, good. If you listen to the, the Clapton Unplugged record, right, Layla, mm -hmm. and it's even more impactful when you see it, right? He messes up the solo in Layla. He messes up the guitar solo. 
in Lamb. Oh, really? He does. This it's it's when he does the uh, that part in the solo. You hear him go. He just, he does like a little flub, like a string flub, right? In the solo. And uh Clapton's so good, I can't even recreate his flub, okay? But that's how right. And he left it. And it was arguably something that reignited his career, right? Oh, yeah. Put him put the unplugged thing was a game changer for Clapton, right? And when you watch the video, when you watch the live thing taping, you see him laugh and shake his head when he messes up. Yeah. You see him like, I'm on T I I I can't believe I just did this on a song I've been playing since, you know, sixty eight yeah. or whatever, or seventy one. You know what I mean? Like I, I I've been playing this song this long and I messed it up playing it on acoustic guitar. Like he just shakes yeah. his head. And that I think I think maybe subconsciously that's why like that was such a human thing, you know the things that were going on with him in his personal life and everything that happened around that time with him, and he made a, this a conscious decision to be to to present everything in such a human way, right? Maybe that was had something to do with the success and what tuned people into that. You yeah. know, he was he was being he was being wrong, being himself. So. Um, I think that's definitely something that's missing with music today, you know. Victor Wooten. Okay, everybody knows. Who Victor yeah, Wooten. everybody knows who Victor Wooten. Is. So apparently, he's involved in some sort of like, um, like, summer education program for kids and for inner city kids with with youth. And um, one of the things that he wanted them to instill, like his instructors, uh, he wanted them to instill in the kids was. Uh, and and this was this like was an eye opener for me when I heard him actually talk. I think I think he actually uh, Ed talk, talk about it. But he basically said, "We teach people, specifically music, and in the arts in general, we teach people to that there is a correct way of doing things, and that there is a correct format, and that things are supposed to be done in a very specific way, especially when we're teaching something." And it, and he said, "I understand the philosophy why, which is that you know." If you teach them the correct way, they're going to learn to do it in this specific way and it will set them up for success later. But what he was saying was, actually, we would rather have kids sit at a piano and just bang out wrong notes. Because right. every time they hit that wrong note, they're not going to like it. Or maybe they will like it. And that's the spark of creativity, which is right. realizing that you don't have to do what other people have already done. You can, you can go around it. Now, definitely, we all know that there are certain things that are more pleasing to the ear. And I... Right. You're going to gravitate towards the things you grew up around and that, that are kind of buzzing around. But that's that spark of genius when you hit that one wrong note that sits just right in the, in the right oh, place. Yeah. And it's all over stuff. Like, that's a perfect example. But there are times when it happens on studio records and they're like, screw it, leave it. Like the one oh, yeah. famous Kirk Hammett run where he pulls the, the uh, string off the board. Off the front and board, it, yeah. And, yeah. It, and it frets the perfect note. And they're just like, screw it. We ain't messing with it. He's never been able to do it since. But yeah. that, the whole point is like that's that magic mistake, right? Um, and when I heard this, that's when I realized like I started tempering my own expectations about my own music, which is that like when I'm doing stuff, did I I recorded for about ten years and didn't put anything out because right. I was like it's not perfect. Like I I need to woodshed this more. I need to work on this more. And, like it was just little stupid stuff. The first time I I I went out and I played one of the songs that I'd written about eight years ago and I played it in front of an audience and like everybody was real excited and like got a lot of applause and stuff. I didn't even know from my thing. Like hardly anybody there. 
I when I got in the car and I drove home that night, I freaking cried. Because I sat there and right. I thought to myself, here I was holding on to this for 10 years. Like, I could have played this 10 years ago and would have had the same reaction. Like, they just a couple yeah, people I mean, in the club. Like, who gives a crap? Well, that's that's what it is. Is like I said, I mean, you know, for, for me, music, the, the whole thing is is to connect with other human beings. That's what it is. And and it's that's what, you know, um, you know, my gig Saturday night. There wasn't as many people there as as you know what I mean? It was whatever. It was a light night. It is what it is, you know. But if I'm always like if I if there's one person there that connects with what I'm doing, then I've then that's you success. Win. Right. That's I won, right? That's what that's it. <laughs> I just got to, you know, and I'm not, and I'm not even saying like I want to make a fan. It's not even like I'm not. My mission is not to make a fan. My mission is to make, if I can play a song and make a difference in somebody's day for three minutes, that's it. Good, job's done. You know what I mean? I I know. Well, I'll tell you this: that 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 uh, when we were at the Old Beach Tavern, you made. A whole wedding parties night. I oh, mean, and you made you made the night of a lot of people. I mean, you know, when I was sitting there, you know, I I'm a people watcher. You know, I'm one of those people. I'm right. Like, you know, I'm always in somebody else's like looking around, and everybody was smiling and everybody was having a good time. And there were so many people dancing and so many people just bobbing in their seats. Do you know what they weren't doing? They weren't doing this. Right. And. I mean, that tells you a lot in this day and age. When when you're looking at, I've got a soda delivery coming. When, you, when you're looking at uh, um, Diet Pepsi, don't forget to sponsor us one of these days. Um, yeah, good luck. So when you're, yeah, exactly. That's my brand. And um, the, I didn't the, realize uh, we were all enemies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did the Pepsi challenge in the seventies. Remember that thing? Um, and I went Pepsi. Um, but, uh, that was back in the day when I drank uh, sugar and now I don't care. I just buy whatever's on sale, but, um, no diet Pepsi. I do drink only diet. Pepsi. <laughs> so, so anyway, no, um, you know, I think that speaks a lot to the, the, the power of not necessarily, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, blow your ego out of the water here. Just to the power of the music that was that was being there was a magic that night that right. that um you know uh first of all I'm sure that the owner was happy because the waitresses were and the waiters were just everywhere all the time the wait staff was just so busy so you know bringing yeah, stuff yeah. out which means they're making money they love that um the the um the wedding party was up they were dancing I don't know if you saw them they were dancing around the oh, table yeah, yeah. they I were see, yeah. Of course, they went up in front of you guys, um, and I, I just want to say that, you know, because we're coming up on two hours now. I don't know how long. Yeah, we got, we got one more question. I got an anecdote I want to share. Yeah, that. and uh, yeah, we've got, we always end with a certain question, but um, all I want to say is that, that I think that that speaks volumes. When people are not on their phones, except to take video of you, right. um, which, you know, a lot of people did. I think that that talks a lot to how important it is and how I think there's there's a little magic that you guys brought and there's a lot of magic about the fact that that people were your music in a time of of what is going on in the world right now hope you know what I mean you you brought that I I, I remember there was a song you talked about you yeah you wrote for your mom yeah so that yeah wrote, that was a that was a beautiful, beautiful song. It just, 
I think that, that, that a lot of people were just, you know, myself included, were just riveted to that, that particular moment in time. Um, that and the hilarity of you introducing War Pigs as a, as a wedding song, um, you know, <laughs> uh, you guys do what, um, what is supposed to be done. doesn't matter well, whether it's you. off the cuff or whatever it is. You were doing what is supposed to be done, and that's bringing joy to people's lives. And that, for that, I think, as a as a fan, I thank you. As a musician, I want to kick you in the balls for having more talent than me. Um, <laughs> and uh, as a as a um, guy in the in the Hanthorne area, I uh, I feel nice to or I feel uh, um, elevated a bit to be able to say that you're at least a friend of a friend. <laughs> so, well, then, no, we're friends, cool we're thing. friends, buddy. We're friends, man. Yeah, thank you. That's yeah. that's incredible. I, I don't know if I shared this on the show before, Jim. You can, you can stop if I did. But there was a night um, I was just thinking about, you know, like getting people to look up from their phones and like pay attention to what's going on. And I got the ultimate compliment one night. We were in a club. It was an open mic. Um, and it was me and like one other performer showed up and then the host. And uh, I there was a couple people at the bar, three, four. And then there were, and it was like, this is a pretty big place. So it was, it was kind of right. surprising. It was dead. And this is way before COVID and all that. Um, and I started playing and then I actually decided, well, I don't sing normally, but I, I've been working on Purple Haze. I'm like, I'm going to, I'll play it. Tonight. There's nobody. There. So I did it. And when I looked up at the end of the song, the freaking, the, the people from the kitchen had come out. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Awesome. And they're standing there arms folded like what the hell is this you know um it was good i mean and, and then i looked up a couple of people had phones and they were they were videoing on top of that so i was and i've actually got the video that somebody somebody sent to me so yeah that's killer but, man. but it was just it was just one of those situations where it's like okay i did something right tonight you know like i, I didn't yeah, think yeah. this was gonna work out that well but all right um and i felt like you know this might be three people but but it's just enough it's you know? still yeah it's still you made it you made you made a good night for those for who you know what I mean. Like I said, if it's one person, if I can make one person happy. I do. I had somebody come up and tip me at an open mic one time. That was another compliment. I was like, "What the hell are you doing?" You know, guy comes yeah. up. He's like, "He's like, I got twenty bucks. Says you can play some Hendrix." And I'm like, "I'm like, I've got what you need." <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go down to my looper, hit the track, go for it. <laughs> you know, I had somebody. I had some. I had somebody at a gig once. I I made a joke. I said, "I'll play with uh, you know, whatever you want. Just write it on a twenty and put it in a tip jar." You know, so they somebody writes on a twenty and I pick it up, and it's and I I read it. And it said, "Can you play somewhere else?" And I was like, "I don't know. I don't know that song. I don't know." You should. You should. What you should have says, "Yeah, sure," and then you start packing yeah. up. Like, take yeah. over. <laughs> done for now i'm standing over here <laughs> i play for money you know um anyway yeah so uh i'll ask the final question jim because i know what it is we've done it enough times we ask everybody who sits in that seat um one question and that is do you have an embarrassing or funny road story that you'd like to share that you know just is a, a parting gift Parting gift, an embarrassing or funny. Road. It doesn't have to be embarrassing. You don't have to reveal names, but just something funny that's happened. Um, yeah. Let me think. Let me think. No, I, I, you got me. You got me. But that's it. I'm unprepared for that. There's plenty of plenty of funny stuff that normally we send the questions ahead of time. But no, no, I know. Yeah, no, that's good. That um, I'm trying to think of something, something. Uh, 
I mean, lots of funny stuff. We, you know, uh, oh, all right. So I said, all right, here we go. Here, here's one. So when we're doing a Seeger thing, right? Um, this this will uh, play Madison Square Garden. I haven't been back to New York since I left. My first gig back in New York is playing at Madison Square Garden <laughs> for a sold out show opening for Bob Seeger. Pretty friggin' incredible, right? And, uh, you know, my mom had passed and I knew I was going to do Long Island Sound that night. So, it was, you know, family and stuff and friends and everything there. It was an emotional thing, you know? So I'm in the, in, down in the, the innards of Madison Square Garden, right? And I'm having this moment of like learning. Some folks like to get away, take a holiday from the neighborhood. Hard to Miami Beach, out of Hollywood. I'll take a breath or two to a line. in New York, state of mind. And somebody yells, Shut up already! I gotta hear that, like, Twelve times a month. You know how often Billy Joel plays here now? That's right. Like, really? Really? 50% of the people that work in Madison Square Garden, if you sing a Billy Joel song, will give you a thumbs up. Actually, it's probably more like 30%. The other 70% are like, dude, you know how many times I heard that song? Please. Please. I'm just laughing because it's like that's the total New York response. Like, oh yeah, it's, totally, it's like, totally. what the hell did you expect to have happen? You know, I got a, I, when, I, when we walked up when we walked off stage, all the stage, all the stage hands, like the union guys from Madison Square Garden, they were all standing there as we're walking as we're walking down. Yeah, I come down and the guys like they're like clapping. I'm like, what it was like Goodfellas, right? They're like, you got your cherry pop, yeah. <laughs> all the guys that worked there. It was great. It was an incredible experience. Incredible experience. All right. So we... I love that place. We hit the end of the road here, (laughs) fellas. Um, I've been David. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We have to to get uh, his... um, No, no, it's not a question. Anthony, we need to get... um, Share... uh, Oh, yeah. uh, How can people find you? Oh, you're so sure. And how can they get your stuff? Uh, 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 Facebook. Anthony Rosano Music. Look up Anthony Rosano Music. Um, on uh, YouTube, Anthony Rosano Music. Uh, Instagram, Anthony Rosano Official on Instagram. I know. Well, blue check mark. Uh, I know, yeah. Ooh, ooh. Uh, I think I have a MySpace still. I think there's a GeoCities. <laughs> I don't know. There's all sorts of stuff. Uh, GeoCities. Yeah, <laughs> I think I got all that stuff. But no tripod? You know. You know. <laughs> uh, uh, but the important ones are the fa- Facebook, uh, you know, Anthony Rosano Music. Um, YouTube, Anthony Rosano Music, Instagram, Anthony Rosano Official. You can check out anthonyrosano.com. Um, I have a lot of, uh, you know, live stream stuff that I was doing. I actually recorded it, and that's up. You can download that stuff too. Um, we're on, you know, I've got stuff. Anthony Rosano and the Conqueror's Records are on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, all that good stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, come see us at a show. We'll be, we'll be at Elevation 27. I'll be with the trio on uh, April second, uh, right here in Virginia Beach. And I got some, you know, starting to book some out of town stuff now too. Looking at um, doing it uh, up in Maryland, be coming up, coming up that way. Uh, going out to Fredericksburg in the fall, 
do it. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of stuff. Trying to trying to trying to get back out on the road. So um keep an eye on that. AnthonyRosano.com is the, is where to find that stuff. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Jim, you want to take us out? Sure. It up? I've been Jim. I've been David. And I've been Anthony. And tonight we've been the practical guitarists. Yes, we have. Cue the music.